Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Happy Monday night to everyone out there in the world. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee still. Matt, you're up in Leicester, Massachusetts. Tonight's episode is presented by Cosmic Disc Golf. Um, As I'm being told, we are on number 114, not 113. So every week that number just ever so slightly increases. But we're stoked to be here tonight. It seems like we got a little star-studded lineup going on. A lot of fun topics to talk about. I know everyone really, really wants to hear Nico's side of things about the European Open. And guess what? In about 20 minutes, we are going to unlock all of that for you guys we're afraid to say so because we can't control these athletes i'll tell you what they're wild animals and i mean that in the most respectful way like you got to be that way sometimes to get to the top but we do have nico lined up uh we have confirmation of that i just spoke to him about 30 seconds ago and he said he's good to go we did not even tease this one at all but we have how many world championships coming on the show tonight Six. Six. That's right. Paul Macbeth, everybody. He's also slated to come on after the Nico interview. Incredible show. This is an off season. I have a lot Mm -hmm. to talk about. Thank you, Cosmic Disc Golf. Um, They've got, I keep teasing it out there. I'm going to do it again. There's an announcement coming from their social media, their website right around the corner. I just got some information on it today, but Cosmic Vibes, check them out at Cosmic Disc Golf on Instagram and the website CosmicDG.com. All right. We've also got Evan here. Can you go? Let's let's take a look at oh, Stat Mando in the house, everybody. Evan Kearns. Stat How's Mando it going, Evan? What's going on? It's going good up here. Is there uh, enough happening so far in the offseason for you? Does it even feel like an offseason for Stat Mando? I don't. I mean, we've had a few silver events. We've had a few other notable events happening and then doing all the offseason stuff on top of that. Doesn't really feel like the offseason, even though we're doing offseason stuff. Uh, just as busy as full season, but Hey, that's not a bad thing. Disc golf is fun. It's not quite like winter yet either. So it doesn't feel like the dead of no disc golf yet. It's, it's weird. Like this wrap around is weird. And I'll talk about it a little bit later, but it's kind of like, really, did we actually start the 23 season? Like is the excitement to 23? Yeah. Season. Is the excitement going to yeah. actually be there? Like, of course it is. It's the elite series that we're excited for. And those aren't coming for a while, but all right. Um, I just wanted to throw this out there before we get to the review of um, the New World Championship, what happened there. I saw this today, and I don't remember who posted it. I feel bad, probably PDGA or somebody. Uh, Disc Golf Fanatic, maybe, is their social media. So 130 sanctioned events. A hundred. Uh, can oh, you yeah. imagine doing that in one year, in one season? 130 That's- PDGA events. Yeah, that's literally playing every Saturday and Sunday, and that's also playing multiple flex leagues throughout the week. Like, that's Wait, just... Someone did absurd. this? Yeah, yeah so someone did this player this year. 103214, if you look it up. Yeah, you might be able to do some cool stuff here. Yeah. But 103214, I forget his name. I want to say it was like Mike or something, Michael. But Yeah, Michael Haberman. Yeah, Michael, Michael Haberman. If you look at his stats, like generally just like events, you'll see a lot of flex starts, which makes sense. There's almost no way you could play anything. Like if you're playing every weekend two events, right? Am I math correct? Like that's still... Not even 130 events. So like no. you got to do three. It's it's almost like three events a week. And that's just epic. And that's costly. And like, wow. And he's like, he's rated like average advanced men's yeah. player. 
930s plays MA40 for the most part, and he's got a ton of wins this year. Dude, the chat just shouted out this hoodie here. I'll just say shout out to Prismatic Gear. It's pretty cool. Thank you for sending it up. Um, so 130 sanctioned events. That's good. I mean, the record before yeah. that, my understanding was, was 126. So there's someone else who's trying the same thing. I think it was set by him again. <laughs> no, 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 no. He outdid somebody else. He, oh, okay. Yeah, he only played I thought like he did it like two years in a row. Year. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I have, I have him having over 100, and 100 top fives, and his average <laughs> round rating was around 929, but he went up 10. He was 919 last year, 909 <laughs> the year before, and 898 yeah. the year before that. So he's getting steady improvement. Epic. Uh, That's crazy. Epic. So anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. With that tidbit out of the way, and as we get ready to line up Nico here for his interview, uh, let's go to the recap of what happened at New world the the venue championship <laughs> so go ahead evan yeah we'll get the jokes out of the way because uh paul mcbeth takes it down and he's the 2022 world champion and the 2022 <laughs> new world champion uh i i think that's hilarious but uh, it's going to be a dead horse it may already be a dead horse he's the new world champion <laughs> he's the new world champion and the old world champion uh the reigning world he takes champion. it down he wasn't he wasn't leading after the first round uh, it was actually isaac robinson who was probably uh, along with Garrett Gerthy and Ezra Aderhold and I guess Brody Smith too. So there wasn't, there was a number of, you know, top 50 players, um, mm -hmm. but it was a thin field. Uh, Paul McBeth takes it down with an eight stroke victory. Uh, like I said, Isaac Robinson was leading it after round one in round two, his brother Ezra Robinson made it on lead card. It was actually the first time there was ever brothers on this same lead card at a disc golf pro tour event, uh, which is very cool. It's not the first time that there's been two siblings on the same lead card. The Mandahanas did that earlier this year at OTB Open. Um, and I'm sure it's not the first time that brothers have done it at any, you know, silver, elite, or major. You know, I've heard of the Rico, uh, Rico's doing it in the past, and I'm sure a few others uh, here and there throughout the history. Um, this is Paul McBeth's first silver event win. Uh, it sounds kind of funny. Uh, you know, the decorated veteran finally getting a silver win, but he hasn't played that many to begin with. He only played four going into this. Two of those were Belton, where he finished second by a hair, uh, to I think Ricky both times. Uh, maybe it was Calvin, one of them. No, Chris. Chris won it. Oh, this Chris year. this year. That's yeah. right. Yeah, good call. Yeah, I don't uh, know who won it last year, but it was Ricky last year for sure because okay. that was like one of the best battles of the year, and it was a silver event. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, very cool over there. I mean, it's kind of his new hometown, moving down to Florida. I believe it's right down the road from him, pretty close. Um, and uh, I think it's within an hour. Oh, okay. I know apparently Jacksonville is one of the biggest cities actually in the U.S. And he's on the beach side. And I know the New World is more inland. But I'm pretty sure it's within an hour. Very cool. Um, and on the women's side, Maria Oliva takes it down. Her first ever tour victory. It's actually her first ever tour podium. That being majors, elite, and silvers. Uh, she's had five top fives before this weekend. Um but they've all been just barely outside the podium. And I think most notably, excuse me, most notably, thanks for going full screen right as uh, that happens. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, most notably, U.S. women's. Uh, she was doing fantastic there. Uh, ended up falling off just outside podium. Uh, so this wasn't her highest cash of her career. She actually made more from U.S. women's and more from Ledgestone and then, of course, the Tour Championship. Uh, but it is her first win, finally breaking through and getting that first win. Well. There was a few awesome things there, both of them getting their first wins at silver events. So congratulations to them. And then you mentioned the Robinson brothers. I thought it was pretty like 
I don't know what the right word was, watching Ezra Robinson as he finished out the round being probably upset that he didn't have solo third. He had to share it with his brother, his brother, you know, not being beaten very much uh, by Ezra. And yeah, I think having this, I'm calling it an off season event. I'm still not used to it. And that had to me the more of the vibe of not not all stars, but it had that vibe of like off season. But like I want to have microphones on the players, like I want to have that more casual feel. It kind of had that just what it was. Uh, did you notice if you watched live? It was um, and I'm I'm apologizing. I met the guy. Forget his name right now. PDGA uh, radio. What's his name? Grant Zellner. Thank you, Grant. Great voice, obviously for radio. He has a history in that outside of the pdga on tv it came across very professional as well so yeah he's definitely commentated before on disc golf network i think he did another silver or two this year maybe one last year hmm. um so he's done a few but not a lot but yeah he did a great job holding it down i was gonna say he actually on friday had to hold it down by himself i think the last two or three holes because Earhart went to go to jeremy colling's wedding shout out to jeremy colling and jules colling now they got married this past weekend pretty awesome event um but yeah so that was cool he actually held it down i remember videos way back in the day of like avery jenkins doing solo commentary on a whole post-produced round and i'm like i just can't get into this the whole solo commentary is kind of wild and then but for a couple holes he made it he made it work out fine all right so yeah new world champion uh that is a funny name but is it's good it's good to have the off-season events starting to be here now what is the next silver event is there one or is it next up all-star it would be the new one in Texas. Okay. Right? The next silver one. That's how that's how into it I yeah, am right now. A few elites before that though. Yeah. That that's the there's a new one in Houston area, am I right? I believe that's <laughs> we're all just like the next uh, Texas. Didn't Texas States go down to a silver series this year and then open at oh. Austin now turned into the Elite Series event? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. In Texas yeah, so States is Waco. in the Houston area. Yes. Because I know apparently Texas States rotates every Mm -hmm. x amount of years and so this is one of the years that it's rotating so it won't be the same course that they have played last year out in uh tyler i think it was yeah this year it was yeah and before we move on from new world i a little bit of a fun fact that i uh i came across today Uh, if this event let's say happened last year or at least counted for the 2022 season guess who would have been your mpo points leader i i can just take a wild guess (laughs) And Paul Macbeth. Yeah. He, Paul narrowly missed out on the points yeah. lead last year by less than five points. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the old criteria of silvers being worth 25% uh, percent of an elite event and winning would get you 25 points. That would knock off his lowest finish, which was, I think, like 14th at Beaver State last year. Mm-hmm. So the point difference there would have been more than five. He would have gotten first place. Uh, kind of funny. And that would have, you know, maybe not changed anything in the tour championship, but may have affected player of the year for the disc golf pro tour, which we'll get later. So who is the points leader on the MPO side and the FPO side now that we've had yeah. two wraparound events right now for the 2022, 2023 season, we have a Luke Sampson in MPO yeah. still leading. Yeah. He had a quality enough finish to hold on to it mm-hmm. Ezra Ader hold in second, Kevin Kiefer in third, Paul McBeth moves up to fourth and Andrew fish gets fifth. Nice. On the FPO side, Sarah Hokum uh, takes the number one spot with Holly Finley in second. Macy Villadiaz drops to third, uh, tied for third, actually, with Maria Oliva. 
they both each won an event, but only played one and only yep. one. Uh, and then D and Carrie finishes out in fifth. Okay. So this course that they have played, this used to be the Pro Tour finale course, correct? In like 2017 kinda... and 2018. Yep. Yeah. What do you guys think about the course? I thought it was kind of little, little lack. I'm going to let you guys go back and forth a bit here. I'm actually uh, doing some tech stuff with Nico on the backside. So keep talking. All right, do it up. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought personally it was a little lackluster in the sense of like, I don't know, it it seemed for the most part really flat. And then, I don't know, the holes in and of itself like just kind of seemed repetitive. I don't know. just It didn't I, wow me. It was fun to watch disc golf, don't get me wrong. And watching Ezra and Isaac play against each other was actually really cool because I think they both have two very different styles of game. And Ezra bombs the disc. I don't know if everyone noticed that, but he absolutely rips it. And uh, but they both just have this awesome spin putt to the basket, and Isaac's is insane when it's on. But yeah, I I would agree that it's a little bit lackluster. I mean, to me, it seemed actually like the perfect silver kind mm-hmm. of winter event. Yeah. You know, not a super exciting course, but you know, not a grueling course, but also not easy. Um, it it played pretty well. You know, the scores were about kind of what you'd expected, at least for the MPO side. For FPO, it needs some tuning. It was scores were a little low, mm-hmm. um, but it it seemed you know good enough. Um, now the question it seems like a great place for spectators, but the question is like how interesting is it for spectators, both on the ground and um, watching on Disc Golf Network? Mm-hmm. And I think it can have some improvements there. Um, it, it, I mean, it kind of feels like where disc golf was like two years ago, so it's not yeah. that bad, Yeah. but it kind of reminded me of the preserve. Um, but like not having all the improvements that the preserves put in, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, 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 I tweeted this, so I'm not trying to repeat myself, but if they just threw out some mulch just around the baskets, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the whole circle, but just a little bit of like a bullseye. I think it would just make the course pop a little bit more. They have that one hole that has kind of the elevated railroad tie, um, green. Mm-hmm. where it's kind of like a small landing zone and they put mulch on that and it looks really good. It pops. If they did that more often, I think it would be fantastic. Um, but I think it has, it's not like a totally wide open, you know, ball golf course as you would see it. Yeah. It actually like, it feels like it has enough challenge to the total airspace. So I think that's all good. I think it just needs a little bit more uh, kind of landscaping type of things to make it have that feel. Yeah. A little more pizzazz to it. Make it pop. Yeah. Zazz, that's a good word. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it was really fun to watch. I actually really enjoyed uh watching the FBO coverage. I know Deanne Carey was leading after round one, and she was just coming off of a Myrtle Beach open win. Um, so she started out pretty hot, but then watching Maria be able to kind of she was putting really, really well, and then also just throwing the disc very well. And on a course like that where there is a little bit more open space, she definitely has a pretty good distance. And uh, like I said, just putting well. So all in all, it was definitely fun to watch. It's nice to still be able to watch disc golf in November. It's jealous that they were probably playing in 60, 70, maybe even 75 degree weather. But And they were actually pretty fortunate to be able to play the tournament as a tropical storm had gone in the week that the week of. Um, and so I know a lot of people, we were talking about it in our group chat, that we didn't know if they were even actually going to play the event. So pretty awesome that the Pro Tour was still able to get everything going with that. And I think Florida obviously sets up so well to have these, you know, November and possibly December or January, you know, Mm -hmm. off-season events. I think even if they're only silvers for this time, I think that's fantastic. Just gives us Mm -hmm. disc golf to watch. I mean, this 
the event was exactly what we kind of expected it to be where yeah it was disc golf it was cool to watch it if you tuned in it's cool for us to talk about it right now mm-hmm. but the event wasn't a, a huge deal all things considered but it's still we're just getting points keeping players fresh keeping just the content coming and the reasons to still follow disc golf and that's exactly what it should be and like i'm excited for the future where you know it's not going to be a stacked schedule in november and december my guess mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, we have like two events in November, two events in December. Like, I think that'd be really cool in Florida or like the Gulf would be mm-hmm. good places. I mean, I don't know if we get to Arizona, a whole other topic there about where else the tour could go. But <laughs> I, I like Florida and I thought that works, works well. All right. Yeah. And I think, well, wrap last thing really quick. I think the silver event actually played the last two silver events have definitely played more like silver events to where you did have the one 1040 rated guy where it was kind of in Paul's hometown. And then with Lake Marshall, Chris Dickerson is somewhat nearby that, so he came up to that one. But we saw Luke Sampson take down a silver event and then Paul taking down this one. But had Paul not gone to it, he would have seen, you know, obviously someone else take it down, but it might have been like someone like Ezra Robertson or Garrett who doesn't win too, too often on the Elite Series stage. So the silver events are finally, I think, starting to play out more as the silver, silver tour should be played, where it's not the most stacked field in the world. You're getting these players like the Lukes and them who can kind of make a name for themselves on them. Cool. Yeah, in, in 10 seconds, Matt, uh, Do it. I agree with that because the field strength, uh, if you, if you look on Statman to our field strength for 2022 and for uh, disc golf pro tour silver events uh, in MPO, these were the two lowest two, uh, strength of fields and in FPO, it was the second and third with only yeah. Sula being lower. That was all ben. I say. Not, not the exactly field of, what not what the field of strength. At. Yeah, that was Ben here. We want to do this before we bring in Nico, who everyone's here for. We get it. I brought this in studio. It is called Safari Knockers. Now, you're like, what is that? So let me tell you. Look at that's. Oh, my goodness. This is the hardest native wood in the United States. It's called hickory. And I had the experience of using Safari Knockers on vacation with my family in the White Mountains. And we just walked around on trails. You're not carrying a big basket, which is exhausting and bulky and not really doable. But you get these set out there and you can put them anywhere, anytime. It's an adventure course dream. Like, I mean, wherever you imagine it, you can collapse it into pieces you're seeing on the video on screen that fit in your bag. It's an awesome product. It's named Safari Knockers. They're ultra portable disc golf targets. They only weigh four and a half pounds. So how portable is ultra portable? Well, I told you, and you can see it on screen. It can fit in your disc golf bag. Um, It's what makes knockers perfect for taking on disc golf adventures and for playing safari golf in places where courses do not currently exist. So that's the big thing about safari knockers there. These I'm very proud to talk about. The extreme craftsmanship. If you like handmade, if you like supporting disc golf startups, Safari knockers are for you. Check them out at Safari knockers. They're $88 and it will last you. I mean, this is not my claim or theirs, but it will last you forever. These are a quality product. So definitely check them out. Where do you want to play? These do not limit you. Get out there and play Safari knockers. I can't wait. We're going to do a video or something with you guys. I've had the pleasure of using them for a few years now. They're new and upgraded now, guys, but we'll get you in on around here soon with them. So. All right, without further ado, it looks like we finally got all the bugs out of the system and we got the man himself. Let's bring it up. Nico LaCastro, everybody. Welcome to the show, Nico. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can I can hear you guys. Wonderful. I, I don't know what it was, but something worked out and here you are spinning a Frisbee or a disc on your hand. And what disc is that? 
This is a V2 Jackrabbit right here with this uh, this custom mandala stamp. You can't really see it, but you can kind of see it here. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's but, nice swirls to it. Nice swirls. Yeah. So so what's going yeah. on, man? Uh, you got anything going on lately? Oh, man. There's so much happening right now that I'm just uh, I'm trying to get out in front of next year. So I'm just, you know, I'm working directly with the crew over here at Lone Star and, uh, you know, just a lot, a lot of planning and preparation for next season. But, um, but we're we're working through some processes over here, and I feel like everything in my life is finally in in a in a very positive direction. You know, I've been working really hard for a long time, and I feel like I'm I'm having a breakthrough here. This is going to be a breakthrough season for me. You know, on the disc golf course, I'm hoping that I could put up some solid numbers and just you know continue to do. Mm -hmm. What uh, I feel like has been my calling in this life is, you know, to be a, a lifelong disc golfer. And uh, now I feel like I'm having some breakthroughs on the business side, which it, it just feels really good to uh, to be involved in this company and to, and to be in the position that I am right now. Okay, let's do this. You have a lot going on and there has been a lot going on and some of it has been public. Some of it you've probably done on your own private time. A lot of that is probably private time. You're busy now. Let's go right. back just a little bit. Let's get it out of the way. There's, you know, the elephant in the room, if you will. Uh, some things went down at the European Open. Do you want to tell us about that at all? Like, what, what oh, happened there? You're going to dive right in. I thought we'd save that for the end. I, <laughs> I like to do the Lone Star. Yeah, he doesn't call the compliment sandwich. He doesn't like sandwich. to butter anything up. I, guess. I was going to ask you how the whole relationship <laughs> between knowns, you know. No, I want to end with all the good stuff. Let's go. I'll dive, I'll dive right into it. I'll make it short and sweet. People make mistakes, uh, you know, you have to you have to own up to those mistakes and figure out a way to move forward. And, and here I am today. You know, I feel like after all these things that I've that I've been through, uh, there's there's finally a clear path. And I see that working with Lone Star Discs and, you know, they they uh, they agreed that they would be molding discs for a branch off company called Sacred Discs. So, you know, I'm I'm personally trying to keep my headspace in a clear direction which is always moving forward right now so whatever happened out there in europe i feel like i took the uh, i took the brunt into it you know i've been off tour i've been away from uh what i love to do and it 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 tore me apart you know if i'm if i'm going to be honest with it i i feel like that was a that was a hard situation for me to work through because it was just a very tangled web you know i was i was involved with two companies and uh things didn't things didn't quite work out the way i wanted them to but that doesn't mean that that I'm gonna I'm gonna quit moving forward. You know, it's just it's a it's a, a, a building block for for future success. You know, unfortunately, you know, I feel like I did make a mistake, and you know, it's just something I have to own up to. I know there's a lot of a lot of rumors and a lot of a lot of talk about that situation, but the facts are, a new year's about to start. We're about to be in 2023, and I'll be back competing in February. Okay. I was just about to ask. So your your appeal went through with the suspension. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit and how the whole process went down with that? Just give us a little insight on it. Well, I um, I reached out to a, to a few people to try to find like the best direction. You know, figure out the best way that I can move through this process. And I knew it was going to be a process, but uh, luckily I found some people in the disc golf community that were that were lawyers so i had two lawyers that that were involved in helping me file the appeal and i wanted to go about it in the most professional way possible and i i feel like i had good people on my side now i feel like i i i went into it and uh 
I went through a depression, man. Like those that those those first couple months were like really hard for me to accept that I'm not able to to continue my career in the, in a temporary way. But um, but thankfully, you know, the the PDGA did uh, lower that sentence. I don't know when you say sentence. I feel like I was in like PDGA <laughs> yeah. Something. But you know, to be yeah. kind of it turned me into a recluse in a way that I kind of just like. I spent a lot of time inside. I mean, I played disc golf every day, but I had a lot of extra time on my hands. So, so a lot of positive came from that extra time. You know, I was able to really, you know, focus on this and, and try to like put myself in a position to, to become, you know, get to the brighter side of the, of the shit storm that I was in, let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, so there's two things I want to ask here. One is just generally, I mean, they gained a lot, that live disc golf moment gained a lot of traction are what are your thoughts on it? i mean you did the appeal do you feel like it was blown out of proportion like this is your personal opinion i mean it's your voice beyond blown out of proportion i mean are you kidding me let's let's be let's be serious there it was a it was a 35 second one minute situation that changed the course of my life so yeah i would say it was definitely blown out of proportion but uh then again I gave I gave a lot of people the the view and they seen me at my worst. So it's really up to me to allow people to see me at my best in the future. And that's that's what's most important to me right now is I want to be respected by everybody that I know and everybody in the disc golf community. You know, like that's important. I I am a man of respect and I want I want to share that respect with with our community. You know what I'm saying? So just gotta I just gotta accept that this this was a a a turn in my life. You know, it it truly to me it changed the course of my life and it gave me a lot of perspective. And uh, you know, I think you have to get through trialing times in order to 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 be satisfied in your life. And this has definitely been one of the most trialing uh periods of my life. What do you think, and this may come off as very obvious, but I'm interested in your response. What do you think was most trying about it? Where the, was it like the voices that you were hearing from like, who knows the vocal minority, majority, whatever, or is it like the fact that you weren't able to play disc golf events? Like what was the most trialing part about it for you? Man, you guys had a plan on this. You want to get into the nitty gritty. No, no, that actually is coming up just based off our conversation now. Actually, that's not a question I had down, but I'm interested. I think the most trialing part for me was really the the public opinion on me. I feel like it was it really did kind of tear me apart to see so many people that would say hateful things about um, about me. And they really don't know me beyond one minute of video coverage when I was in. I was in a tough spot. I put myself in a tough, a tough situation and the uh, the way that it was displayed and viewed and it was only strictly about you know it was hurtful i'll just say that there was a lot of internal pain and obviously um the punishment that came with that especially from you know i mean who knows how many memes i i gotta have the most memes ever created of any disc golf in the world so i broke some type of record is it possible nico is it possible and and i mean this with all due respect that any of those memes at all made you smile or laugh (laughs) (laughs) really i mean i could laugh about it now but at the time it was just yeah it was difficult yeah so many people tagged me and like 
the most hateful messages mm. and that could ever be on the internet. I felt like I, I had, I've endeared a part of this cancel culture that's out there. I feel like, I feel like the world tried to cancel me and mm. my energy is just, I'm so filled with determination right now that I don't know if too many people could truly relate to, to what this has done for me energetically. I feel like it's, it's really hard to explain. It really is hard to explain because um, there was some pain. You know what I'm saying? It's really like I feel like it, it destroyed a part of my soul and my well-being to have so many people that I felt like were against me. But, but on the other side of this, the amount of positive support and encouragement that I've had from members of our community and friends and, and disc golf fans that have followed my career, it just it reminds me that there's a lot of love out there. And, you know, I, a part of me was losing faith in like mankind for a little bit. I was like, holy shit, how could, how could this be? You know, you would never think that within one minute at, <laughs> I, I shed physical tears. I cried myself to sleep out here, bro. Like it was, it was really hard. It was, it was not, something i'm proud of man like it tore me to pieces it 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 would it broke me spiritually for a period of time but but the growth and the amount of like positivity that i see on the other side of the the problems that i have been faced with is is monumental you know what i'm saying it's like i actually see a very clear path and a and a very like bright future for for my uh future successes in the, in the disc golf world. It's mm -hmm. like being out here in Texas. Like when I go to the courses out here and the amount of like within the culture, I feel like I have, I have so many fans and people that support me and people that make me feel loved that that's what I'm focused on. I'm focused on all that love that's out there and, and all these people that I can connect with. You know, I, it would be important for me to, to change people's opinion and their view on who Nico LaCastro is and, what I'm really about, you know what I'm saying? Like people that know me on a, on a true level that have like come face to face with me. And we've had real conversations about life and not just the disc golf related talk that everybody has is like, those are the people that know what I'm about. And those are the people that I want to try to, I want to work hard for, for my support crew. There's mm -hmm. a, there's a, 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 a lot of people that have encouraged me to be my best. And there's no better feeling than to have a people that, that care about you and people that want to see you do good. Like that is, that's a good feeling. Like that's something that I could, I could take with me like every day. And, now and, talk to us yeah. on how, go ahead, Matt. No, I was just going to kind of wrap that up. And I just want to say like, it, we don't try to make this about us or whatever. You're, you're the spotlight right now, but like I've struggled with what people think about me and in the very small microcosm of what you have for like uh, followers, right? Yeah, hundreds of thousands of people, if not more know who you are and you get to experience right. an ounce of the hate that, you know, a small percentage and maybe it's 10,000 people. You get to experience that. I'm relating internally feeling this for you at some level, right? Not even close to what you experienced. I'm sorry you had to feel that. I mean, as you said, there's a lot you've, you're learning from this. Can I ask this? Because I feel like this is something that um, I like to give an opportunity to do here. What do you think is the most misunderstood thing about you? 
who I am, what I stand for, what I, I feel like I'm a piece of the the disc golf culture. I've I've put every ounce of energy and faith and commitment that I have within myself. I've poured it all into the sport of disc golf, and I want people to, I want people to uh, to see me at my best, man. You know, I I really do. Like, it is so important for. I want the whole community to like to 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 see that this is an underdog story. This is a this is a comeback story. Like, this is. I feel like I am somebody that has walked through these fires. Like, I have been. I feel like I've been burned in different ways in this world. It's just, you know, like I've struggled with some mental health issues and it's not something that many people really like talk about, but I feel like I've, I've suffered from some type of um, temporary depression. You know, you put yourself in a state of mind sometimes that it's almost impossible to, to see um, how good the world is. And you kind of have to, you have to find things that you appreciate every day. You know what I'm saying? You have to you have to focus on things that are positive in order for you to like have a good feeling about I, I just I'm grateful, man. Like through all of this process that that uh that I've had to go through, it's like it's given me gratitude that um this community is really tight. Like we have we have such a strong committed community of people that uh that accept each other that love each other that people that look out for each other i mean like i feel like every time that i go to a disc golf course there's five new doors that open for me mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it's just that's the type of people that play disc golf you know we we have some of the best people in the world and i want people to to consider me uh you know one of their friends somebody that they can look up to mm -hmm. you know yeah. these are these goals of mine for long term is like I want everybody that meets me to to say that hey that that Nico guy was was pretty cool you know he was he was we we've had him wrong for all these years you know what I mean mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no I gotcha that makes sense so taking the negativity that happened earlier on this year sponsorships and stuff like that and bringing it now into the positive side of things to where your Lone Star agreement just hit the waves of disc golf and now we've you know that kind of went trending all over disc golf nico signs multi-year deal we've got new discs you were saying is it the sacred line sacred discs sacred discs and so you have all that how did how did this even come about yeah. when did the conversation start you know we want to know <laughs> yeah. all this stuff when did they reach out to you like yeah. what we want to know the deets man if you really want to know the details i'll get into it i really like these guys within this company for multiple reasons but really they reached out to me when i was when i was at my worst they 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 reached out to me when i was going through a very problematic time in my life and that that said something to me about what kind of people that i may be working with so they sent me a couple boxes of discs i gave them a fair trial i emptied out all the other discs in my bag I put in the Lone Star products and and I've practiced my ass off with these discs. Like I'm on a mission to succeed. And I I truly believe that this company believes in me. They 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 have faith in me that we can work together and we can uh we can do good things within the sport of disc golf. Like there's such a, a good crew of people here that I just feel like Things are things are like things are going great. I'm just gonna be honest. I'm in the best place that I've ever been in 
mentally and internally and just like i have i have motivation i'm determined and i also have a group of people that believe in me and my potential so that's just that's a very satisfying feeling you know what i mean mm. yeah. oh definitely is there any chance in this age of contract announcements we can get some dollar amounts here <laughs> I'll tell you this, that I made more in 60 seconds than I did all year last year. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. So good contract. I'll, I'll tell you that. So, um, you're happy. I'm pretty happy, man. <laughs> I'm, so we're, we're working on, uh, so much over here that, that I feel like by, by February, by the time the tour starts, I'll be exactly where I want to be. And hopefully that can really help me just like relieve any type of pressure. And I could just go out here and do what I love to do. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys have followed my career, you know, you're at, you're avid, avid disc golfers. It's, I have no quit. I, I will not <laughs> give up on, on something that means the world to me. And this, this sport means everything to me and not, not just, being able to succeed and get first place. I mean, it's always been about that to some degree with me, but really I'm going in here with the mindset that like, I truly feel that I am part of the culture of disc golf. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like I could fail. I, the only way this is, there's one quote that I truly live my life by. The only way that you can fail at anything is to give up. And, and if, if you continue to push forward, you're only going to learn. So, so a temporary failure is really just teaching you how to do it the right way. I couldn't agree more. I was just thinking the other day, like, do I want to lose more in my life or win more? Because losing <laughs> makes me have to push harder. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting what you just said. So people say your passion. What was that, Nico? Well, I was just saying that that temporary feeling that is a loss is is when you look back on it, you gained wisdom, you gained yeah. you get feeling of working through the process. And there's no better feeling than overcoming a challenge. There's I feel like that's part of the meaning of life is to is to overcome no matter what. Everybody in this group has been faced with challenges. Mm. Everybody in the mm. world, our community on the course there's something that you you have to learn how to work through it you know that's just that's part of it man and like i i feel like i have enough work ethic to push over any hump there's mm -hmm. there's there's nothing that my determination can't push through and and i know that i got you so we're seeing all the determination and the positivity that you're spreading out here right now. What are, you know, when it comes to actually playing disc golf, what are the goals going into the 2023 season? Like, what do you consider a successful season at just, this point in your career? I'm honestly just going to do my best and accept mm -hmm. that whatever happens, happens. Um, I have a very strong belief in myself um i'm so confident in disc golf that i would bet anybody in the world i'll leave my discs at home we can play out a guy's bag we can play <laughs> we can play out my competitor's bag i'll leave yeah. my discs and we can just show up with anything and i'll bet you whatever i got <laughs> we, that's so awesome because when we had rick on i don't remember a month ago we were like dude he should put up million dollar challenges out there for people to beat him. And he's like, well, it depends what course, but like Nico's saying, like, yeah. I'll play your bag. <laughs> I love it. 
He should. He should call me up first. <laughs> yes. There you go. Well, we gotta we gotta figure out the match for disc golf. You know, we gotta set those up throughout the tour. Yeah, it's you know the match like they do in golf okay. right now. But I think I know the answer here. You've thrown a lot of different plastic over your career, as you said. We've watched your career, and when you pick up one of these Lone Star discs, like how does this compare, like to anything else I, you've thrown? I think they have a premium quality product. I feel like. They have good plastic, and it's only going to get better. They've only been around for two years, and they have 27 molds. Yeah. And they they have an entire crew of, like, uh, very driven individuals that, that everybody in there, they have uh, they have insight, and they have it, – it seems like they're they're running a tight ship over there, and uh, things are looking good. I, I believe in the product. I'll just let you know that I believe in Lone Star Discs, and um, I'm just going to keep practicing, and eventually I want – I want my my scores to speak for themselves. I would like to go out there and shoot some of the hottest rounds of 2023. So that's one of my goals. Is I want to okay. I wanna put on for this company because they're um, they put me in a in a good position. So I want to I want to do my best to perform. And and after six months or two months or three months or even the fact that I've been here for I haven't left Texas. I just went to the, <laughs> to the I, went, I went to the headquarters today. I've, I'm sh- I'm showing up there when the place opens. We can get to work. I'm here to work. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for handouts. I want everybody that I work with to say, I'm happy that I made a decision to work with this guy. Cause look at him. He's unstoppable. He's, he's not, he's not going to stop. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're, we're, we're pushing forward. I came to them with a business plan. I didn't come there asking for money. I came there. Hey, this is how we're, this is, this is the ideas and the projects that I'm bringing to the table. And they decided that they're going to, partner up and help me expand with with um collaborations with flight club and lone star and also have them you know mold discs for my for my own line of discs man i feel like i'm finally where i want to be in my disc golf career so there's no there's no better feeling than where i'm at right now man that's right where i was going uh the brand's flight club and sacred disc that was announced as a part of the agreement here as something coming up maybe for 2023 or 24 somewhere in that range are they still owned by you can you tell us more about that deal uh just stay tuned on the deal just stay tuned you're gonna see plenty <laughs> from it okay yeah. give it give us give us an insight on like when you when you go to create a disc what kind of what's the first disc that you feel like you want to create for yourself I'm basically looking at exactly which molds they have, and I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try to fit my molds right in between. So that uh, and anybody that's gonna be involved or sponsored by Sacred Discs and Flight Club, I would like for them to to also have direct access to Lone Star Discs, and that's something else that I want to get going on is uh you know start a Flight Club team that could they could throw a mixed bag, but because I have access to Lone Star and they're they're giving me a thousand discs for the year. I, you know, so I could, I could afford to, to spread the love and get, get some people out there rocking with flight club and Lone Star and sacred discs, man. I feel like we just, I'm having fun, man. I'm having fun. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. I'm working with artists. I'm working with the community. I met this guy at the disc golf course yesterday and uh, he's a two time uh taekwondo like world champion we got to talk and i told him i'd give him disc golf lessons and he could do some ufc training with me Ooh, you yeah. know okay so you're having fun you just brought up us ufc uh, what else do you do for fun i mean you're really busy right now but like generally I, what do you like to do i like to work <laughs> okay I, I like to write notes and i um i'm gonna write a book so i i spend a lot of time writing 
um, poetry, and I, uh, man, I spend too much time on Instagram, man. I, I think I'm a dick damn gram. Like, my screen time is probably at least like five hours a day, if not more. I might be, I don't remember, but I spend a lot of time, like I'm messaging a lot of stores. So, so I'm also, I'm lining up accounts for, for Lone Star Disc. So for the viewers, you know, if you're out there and you're interested in, you know, carrying the product, contact me, Nico LaCastro at live.com. Uh, I, you know, I'm just trying to, to, to spread the message. As soon as I signed that deal, I've already had the vision. Like, I just want to be able to, to promote myself and promote a company that believes in me. So I want everybody to know about their, their entire product line. They, they, they're making really good discs. They, they I think they basically fill the gap where, uh, they just showed me their new, uh, speed 13 driver. And I, I, it's a bomber. Like it's basically a disc that I could fit right into my bag and fill a slot. And um, the owner of the company, he's a really nice guy. Like like Terry, I think he he understands me, and he also like sees the vision, and um, he he believes that what I'm bringing to the table is going to be successful. Mm-hmm. So. You, um, you do Instagram, but I want to give you credit too, like things like junior disc golfers. I'll notice that, I mean, you're probably liking a lot of stuff, but it seems to me like you go out of your way to encourage the younger generation coming up. Even me, a dad of two boys, my eight-year-old won the world championship this year. My 12-year-old, you've been following for a while. I noticed that like, you'll go out of your way and I'll tell him, I'll be like, yo, Nico LoCastro just saw your video and he liked it. And you should see the smile Nico puts on their face. So keep that up. That is appreciated. Yeah. Um, any other sponsorship announcements? You mentioned a lot, but I mean, any other big things coming down the pipe that you haven't announced yet? I started working with Smack Disc Golf Bags, and we're about to release a signature design collaboration, uh, a flight club designed pattern on the Smack Bags. And uh, we finalized that. That's going into production. So I'm hoping that'll be available within 30 days, you know, before Christmas. And I think people are going to be really, really happy with that design. I put a lot of time into it. And uh, I think my projects are really going to surface this coming year. All the things that I've been working on that have, you know, it's, it's really hard to put so much effort into things without seeing them fully go into fruition. And I think this is the season where people are going to start to see Flight Club. They're going to start to see Sacred Disc. This stuff's going to be popping up in stores. And it's going to, it's, going to finally be available. I feel that there's been a demand for some flight club apparel and some hats and products, but it's, it's really been an uphill battle to try to put a business into motion while continuing my career path as a professional disc golfer. Mm-hmm. It's been like a time crutch thing, you know, as, as you guys know, with just like trying to get a business off the ground, it takes a thousand percent effort before it really goes into motion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, in we... thousand percent effort on this. So <laughs> That's awesome. Great time. So you've got all you've got all the business stuff working right now. You've got you know you're practicing disc golf still now, and this isn't to be any sort of negative nanny or anything, and not to bring up the European Open stuff. But one of the things that you know we've as let's say media people have talked about in the past is time wise during your rounds, and there's multiple players who Gannon file multiple players out here. How are you working on going into next year? Let's say the rule stays the same as, you know, the second you get to your disc, you're on a 30-second clock. That's something that does get brought up. Have you been working just more so mentally? I know you talked about how right after European Open, you actually stayed out in Finland for a little while. 
was working on your mental stuff. You said you've struggled with mental things in the past. Um, you know, just more so just talk to us about, has there been any mental training when it comes to actual disc golf rather than mental training of your personal life and everything like that? Yeah, I believe there has been some, you know, like personal commitment to make sure that I'm not, I'm not out there trying to like purposely break the rules or nothing. But I think that I've got my putting routine locked in right now that I'll be ready and I'm going to make sure that I go under the 30 seconds. I don't, I don't want to give any reason for people to criticize me. Although no matter what, everybody, everybody in the world's a critic. So it's, yeah. you know, yeah. I have to give people more of a reason to to like me and to uh you know want to want to support me i'm i'm not a cheater i'm not i'm not i'm not out there trying to get over on anybody and uh, mm -hmm. i just want people to have respect that i'm a competitor that's that's what i want i want people to consider me one of the most all-time most competitive natured disc golfers uh of all you know in the history of our sport mm -hmm. that that's my goal i just want people to say that was a, that was a true competitor you know that was somebody that just never, he was still able to win in his forties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did we, did we miss anything, Nico? Anything tonight talking about? I think we jumped right <laughs> to the European and on my tangent about this and that. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, Hey, there's stopwatches available at Nico LaCastro. <laughs> yes. So I've got really nice stopwatches available for anybody that's trying to, yes. you know, keep your buddy. They want to, you know, play a little Calvin did on me or whatever. Yep. So, uh, yeah, stopwatches. NicoLaCastro.com. Check those out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. Is are we for real here? Yeah, pull it up. I'm dead. Go look right now. I am. Hold on a second. Let me know. Yeah. Okay. Go, go to display two. Go to display two. Hold on. Let me see here. Flight Club. We got hats. Keep going. There oh, it is. Oh. There it is. I can, buy, and it's branded Nico. That Look is at amazing. that. All right, let's go back to the cameras. This is good. Have friends that take the time to line up their shot. Oh, this is nice, Nico. It's it's been a uh, a pleasure and a privilege to interview you on this. I haven't heard it anywhere else, so we appreciate you coming on the Nick and Matt show to talk about it. We're not done. We're just getting into the promotional stuff. Dude. Let's We're do just it. <laughs> let's do it because we actually have a game too. We know you're competitive. Yeah, what are we gonna flip quarters for twenties? What are we no. gonna do? <laughs> awesome? We'll make it a gambling stream. If you are ready, we do have a game lined up. We should get into it. So let's hit the intro on Statter Fiction. Here we go. Is it that commercial you were trying to show us? Yeah. <laughs> hit it, Statter Fiction. Okay, Stat or oh. Fiction. Presented by Stat Mando, Evan Kearns of Stat Mando. This is Nico, if you didn't know, and he's going to try to beat us out tonight. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, to quickly go over the rules, um, I will say a statement, and you guys each will let me know if you think that is a stat, as in it is true, or it is fiction, as in it is false. Um, so it'll be one of those two options. you got to tell me which one it is. Uh, and let's get right into it. And Nico, uh, by the way, we'll let you show these discs before you go, but we don't mind you showing them now either. Okay. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Evan. All right. We saw Paul Macbeth uh, kind of walk to a, a pretty big victory at the New World Championships. He won by eight strokes. Uh, going back a little bit further, uh, Paul Macbeth went 18 down at D-Glow and won by nine strokes. So he didn't beat that. But the stat or fiction is... The 2018 D-Glow victory for Macbeth was the largest margin of victory in his career for a three-round 
silver elite or major okay so any tournament on the pro tour since 2018 it's his largest was the 2018 deagle that's what you're saying he won by how well, many uh nine strokes at 2018 deagle that's his largest margin of victory at a three round tour event Woo. okay we're gonna set this up nico goes last in this first question so nick's gonna go yeah. first give us your answer nick is that a true statement stat or fiction I'll go, yeah i'll go stat and what did you say New World was? Eight strokes. Oh, eight. Why do I feel like this was his first silver, so it wasn't another silver. Um, I'm going to say stat as well. What do you got? I'm going to say stat as well. I feel like he shot 18 under and winning by nine shots on an elite level. That's just, it's it feels unheard of. But yeah. I played with Paul McBeth in that round, and I shot a decent. <laughs> Again, I my whole career gets overshadowed by Paul McBeth. You know, <laughs> no, uh, no, he's he's been an incredible talent in the sport, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's a stat, but it's a it's a coin toss. He he very well could have won by more. I mean, he's yeah. he's incredible, incredibly talented. Well, real clearly. quick, real quick before the answer, Evan, I just wanted to hit on that. You were you were there for that round, weren't you? Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kept throwing it. If he if he was <laughs> off the fairway, he threw any. He almost he almost shot a nineteen under. I remember he <laughs> one in hole number three. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh man! All right, Evan. What is it? All right. Uh, this is fiction. Oh wow! Oh, okay. Stumped all y'all. At least um, I no. Yeah, yeah, actually, twenty seventeen Masters Cup. Paul won Wait. by ten strokes. Oh, that's when he shot the since two thousand eighteen. No, that's just when he shot the no, 18. That down. was when the oh, that was yeah, oh, his whole yeah. career. Not just, that, that I was not that I was trying to think. Glow. I was trying to think of another three round event that he could have done more at, but yeah, he shot like a course record first round at 2017. Yeah, he the, the guy does have numerous other 10 plus uh, stroke victories, but they were uh, at four rounds or uh, yeah. longer. I mean, European Open, I think, was a, a few. And uh, he's a freak. Yeah. He's some type of freak. I think he's like sometimes just go, <laughs> like used to get this like. Eye twitch. I don't know if you guys remember the days, but one of his eyes would just start twitching, and we used to, you know, talk about that on tour. And then he would just go numb, bang, just throw it in for me. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. I love your stories. Yeah. All right, what's stat or fiction well, too, Evan? All right. So speaking of Lone Star, I went down to Texas to bring up this stat. Uh, talking the highest round ratings in Texas. Ricky Wysocki holds the highest round rating ever in Texas with an 11-11 at the 2014 Texas States. Wow. That is the highest round rating ever in the state of Texas, the Lone Star State. Do we Star know? Does. Is this, it, are you tricking us on the rating or you're saying that is the rating? Like, as in, that's what he shot. He shot 11-11. Well, I mean, that's the question. I'm not going to, like... Well. No, you're saying is it is the highest. That, I'm not asking you if it's the highest. Like, which is it? This is why it's a trick question. <laughs> yeah, always put me on the spot. But all right, I'll keep it simple for this one. I don't like always doing this, but he, Ricky Wasaki did shoot okay. an 11-11 rating at 2014 World. So is that the highest rating in Texas history? I was just feeling like there was technically two, two points to that question. That's yeah. why I had to break it down. Okay. I, I, I do put it that way. It could have been 11-10, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. You know that. Okay. Yeah. So this, this is all events in Texas, not just the Texas State Tournament. That's all pretty events, high. That's pretty year. high. But I mean, there could be some outlier, but that's hard to be an outlier at that high. I'm going to say stat. What do you got, Nico? I'm going to go with stat just knowing that he's definitely been the most all-time dominant 
uh, player in, in Texas. I, I think he's won almost like at least half of his tournaments that he's probably ever played in Texas, as I'm guessing. He's I, won, won a lot. I think he's, yeah. he's won several tournaments like multiple times too. And like probably won what he won that Texas state's uh, that end of the year tournament. They said it was like a sixth time in a row or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's six yeah. or six at Texas states. He has won 46% of his Texas tournaments. He has 13 <laughs> wins from 28 events. Yeah. It's filthy. Give him stat. Um, it's funny because I want to say stat because eleven. <laughs> it, it's hard to beat that high of a round rating. But I do remember watching a video, and actually, I think Nico was a part of it. And like Nolan Grider, there was another tournament where he shot an eleven hundred rated round, and I don't know if it was more than what this one is. And so I'm gonna maybe hopefully get right. I'm gonna say fiction. All right, I let's see what it is. All right, this is a stat. Okay. That is the highest, and it's actually the only round that's over 1,100, but there has been a 1099 by Ricky Wasaki at 2017 U.S., or sorry, 2017 Texas States, excuse me, uh, a 1098 by Macbeth at 2019 Waco. I mean, that's got to be his 18 under, I'm assuming. I believe that was in 2019. And then Joel Freeman actually has a 1098 from the 2022 Crush on the Concho. Well... I've never been tied with Nico in anything before, but we have one more question to decide the tie break. So let's go. All right. Well, this one uh, is about Nico. So let's get into it. Advantage Nico. (laughs) Nico LaCastro is the only player to win an MPO major or elite series event in all three decades of the 2000s. So that's, he's the only player to win at least one event between 2000 and 2009. One event between 2010 and 2019, and I should say at least one, and at least one event between 2020 and eventually 2029. And that's MPO Majors and Elite Series. Oh, dang it. It's, we're not going to make Nico go first, though. It would have been his turn, but that's just not fair. So it's going to go back to go Nick. first? Yeah. I'll go stat. Saying, so if I say stat, that's saying he won one in 2000s, 2010s, and, and 2020s. 2020s. But yes. he's the only player to do that oh in mpo majors and elite series oh that is tough so this is even this could be tough for nico even he can know his side of it i'm thinking like i know nico back vibram open days like then i'm thinking up what was the other a real stat that would be cool but i i don't know what do you what's your guys yeah i gotta go i said stat usdgc that counts as an event evan you, yep, that's okay. a major yeah, elite series. Okay. Uh, is he the only one? I feel like, wow, you had to do some research here. I'm going to roll the dice and say, yes, it is, stat. And, well, <laughs> um, I definitely don't want to take this L, so I'm going to say it's a stat, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm protecting myself to not take the L. Smart. Steve Falco, let's go. Smart. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a stat. Ooh. Um, Nico, you won the Memorial, which was a national tour, and USDGC, which was a major in 2009. That checks off that decade. You won numerous uh, between 2010 and 2011, which checks off that decade. But you went from 2011 Alabama Disc Golf Championship until the Preserve in 2020 before you won your next one, which was in the next decade in 2020, and of course Waco in 2021. Years, I thought I was winning the whole time. Every day I will. I thought. Wait, he didn't win since 2011 to 2020? 
that's crazy to think about. What was Fiber Mopin? It wasn't an elite, apparently. That must have been pre, like, that was back when it was a big tournament, Nico. That was a big tournament. Uh, He won in 2010, which was a national tour. Okay. Yeah. I thought thought it was 2013. Wow. Oh, no, that was Paul's. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so. (laughs) Yes, it is true. You're telling that I beat Ricky and Paul in something? They they didn't win any events in the 2000s decade. Or sorry, they didn't win any MPO majors or elite series in those uh, in in that decade. You guys had to uh, dive in there pretty deep. Man, gotta, yeah. man that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Stat yeah, Mando is over them. bringing the stats. Endo bringing I, the. That's awesome. Okay, so we got to break players. the tie. We got to break the tie. Right. Yeah. So what I'm gonna go with. Hmm, <laughs> Oh, I have a few different ideas. I didn't actually come up with a set one. Well, let's do this. Um, in the 2010s, Paul Macbeth won the... So this, is, this was just from the list of all the players who won events between uh, in those three decades. Uh, Paul Macbeth in the 2010s had the most majors or elite series wins. Uh, and these are... Most standard majors and elite series. So I'm going to stroke play. Hey, come up with your answer. Like, get it in your head. I'm. Then we just pick this. So how many don't... wins did he have in that decade? Oh, how you many? Know, it's it's got to be a number to see who's oh, closest. Oh no! How many yeah. wins? How many wins to did determine Paul it. Macbeth have between yeah. 2010 and 2019 at standard yeah. elite and majors? And it's it's not Price's Right rules to where uh, I'm going. Know. I've got a number. What's over or under? What's the over or under here? No, that's for us to choose. That's, that's you guys <laughs> <Yeah>. deciding. <laughs> All right. I've got a number down in my head. Nico, do you got one? No, I want to hear what you say. And of then course I'll, you then do. I'll... 170. <laughs> that's how these things work. What? 170. 170 wins? Yeah. You said standard, right? That's any event? No, no. no, no, no. So that's elite standard series stroke majors. play. Oh, I thought you were majors saying like standard elite events, series. elite series. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but standard Low, stroke number play events. Let me just give you a tip. Lower well, your hold number. on. I thought we were talking everything in that, that decade. How many events has even, he won? Just in general in his career. It's like. I'm going to guess like 125-ish or something like that. Maybe more probably. In, like is this a, in his, what, what are you guys guessing? Is we're guessing between 2010 and 2020, right? Or 2019. 2019 yeah that decade elite series and majors only <laughs> okay elite fine series. i'm How changing my number i'm changing my number to 65 elite series and major i'm gonna go with 40 all right 40 and 65 are we way 40 off and 65 no it's actually between you guys <gasps> but nico has the edge ah! it was 49 oh. There you go. Give Very him the nicely point. done. Took the dub. Took the dub. Took the dub. First time dub. The next show. Yeah, you get that stat goes down in the Nick and Matt show stat uh, library. Nico just won. He's undefeated. We'll get all the we'll get all the winners in Massachusetts at some point, and we'll have a big game show with all the winners. Oh, boy, that is going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, but go, go, I want to go back to the stat of the decades because it is really cool. There was about ten players who won in both. Excuse me, both the tw- uh, 2000s and 2010s. Then there's about 10 who won in both the 2010s and 2020s. Uh, but there's only one player who won in both, or sorry, in not in all three. So that is a unique go. That's a really cool stat. I, when I thought of it, I'm like, I have to include that in some way because mm-hmm. that's so cool. 
All right. Uh, that was a fun game. Thanks for participating, Nico. Undefeated in stat or fiction. Thank you, Stat Mando. What would you like to do to promote your efforts? You work hard. Is there anything else you want to tell people to do or check out before you go? Uh, I'd say just, you know, stay tuned. Check check on NicoLacastro.com. I have some items available on that, but uh, I'd say just stay tuned for the future. And, you know, I definitely want to give a shout out to every every person that sent me like an encouraging message. I read everything that came my way and I just want to want to let people know that, the, you know, those those words had had value to me. And it really kind of like even helped me get through some uh, challenging times. It's just like that type of support from our community. It uh it really helped me get where I'm at today. So awesome. Like I said, privilege. Uh, We're very glad you came on and you trusted us to do this interview. Um, We'd glad to have you back at some point in the future when things are happening again, reach out if you want, or we'll reach out to you either way. Thanks for coming on, man. Sounds good. Thank you guys for the invite. Appreciate it, Nico. All right. Have a good evening. Peace out. Take it easy. All right, everybody. Nico Locastro. It happened. Uh, The interview was, do with it what you will. I reacting to it and saying, I got to listen back. When I do the interview, sometimes I'm in it, I'm in it. And then I got to listen to it back to really get the like, what, what was communicated, what was said, the chat was going pretty wild with it. Um, thought there was a lot of interesting things he said there. So we hope you appreciate that uh, interview with Nico. Um, that being said, we just asked a fair amount of questions about a player known as uh, six-time world champion Paul McBeth, and we just happened to be able to get him lined up tonight after his first ever silver event uh, at the new world champion. So he's the new world champion two times in a the year. Let's world, bring him in. Let's world. bring him in, Paul McBeth. Welcome to the Nick and Matt show, Paul. How are you doing? Not too bad. How are you guys? Good. Look at that clean <laughs> microphone, good. clean internet, all the good stuff. <laughs> it's Florida now. Um, uh, and Hannah's podcast set up, so. An incredible picture of Harrison behind you. Oh, that's right. Yep. That was a gift from uh, Discraft, actually. Very cool. Very cool. Well, congratulations on your latest win. Just how how far away is the course now from about where you're at? Uh, The New World course is like 45 minutes from where we're at. So Jacksonville is a pretty big city. So it's a luckily I was on the south side, uh, Jacksonville. So was able to just kind of hop on the highway and it was a straight shot there. Nice. Very cool. What do so, you think of the course? Yeah. I was surprised. So I went out and practiced Tuesday out there because the tropical storm that was coming through, I was ideally just going to practice the day before Thursday. Uh, so the storm was due to hit Wednesday and Thursday. Um, so I just jetted out there Tuesday morning. I was like, I'm going to play out here all day, get, get as much practice as I can. And uh, it was so windy, so windy that um, when I got out there, I was very fortunate to find out that there was only one change from, I think, 2017 and 18, whenever we played there. So same course, um, almost exactly what I remember, and just one longer hole. So pretty, uh, I, I'm not saying the course is easy, but pretty pretty easy to remember what what to throw in those situations. So uh, the one practice round was was pretty good for me. And it is, uh, it's a fun course, though. It's a golf course, but it's a, it's a pretty fun course. Nice. Did it, you're living there. You haven't been there long. It's a a quote. I'm calling it an off season event. I know it's a new wraparound series event and all that. Did it feel at all like a vacation style tournament to you? Like you're like, I'm in a new place, new tournament off season. How did it feel? Uh, it's more just kind of going out and getting the competitive side, 
staying in kind of a rhythm and getting i'm really using these couple tournaments as uh preparation for 2023 um just kind of trying to find a new routine that i can sustain on tour so i'm kind of trying to tr treat these that way where where i'm just trying to train practice differently and then just kind of get something going that way to where i feel like i can carry that over to the tour season next year um but uh yeah it, it, uh, it it's interesting just driving my car there and <laughs> that morning you know just yeah. going out there driving there that morning so that was a little interesting to have one in technically my hometown now um but uh yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I'm actually playing these tournaments for fun, not because they're on a schedule that I have to play. I think that's the biggest thing. Mm. That's uh, just sidestepping really quick. Seppo announced he's no longer competing and touring as a player. And it sounds to me like maybe he'll do some for fun tournaments. So that's cool. You're able to do that locally for you at this point. Um, yeah, I'm thinking out loud here. I mean, we we know about you. We interviewed you for the world championship. There's not a lot like people need to know about your competition per se, but like let's talk about maybe some other business things. If you still have any in the off season, I know sometimes you try to ramp things up or work on them hard there. You've got the Paul Macbeth Foundation, but I'm curious, you had the uh, Athena release, uh the proto uh, or the pre what is it called? The the test what? flight test and flight, prototype. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um is that going to be released soon in the, I'll call it the normal version? So I think I actually just found out about 30 minutes ago that Ledgestone's dropping them. I'm going to pull that up real quick so I know exactly when it is. Uh, Ledgestone tomorrow, 11.15 at 6 p.m. Central. Okay. So All they're right. going to be. So, yeah. I'm going to have yeah, to try to snag some. Instagram. Any other discs in the, in the pipeline? Like you got now what? The Zeus? You got the Onyx, the Athena. Uh, I'm going to miss them, but what else is in the pipeline? Luna, <laughs> yeah, Luna, Luna, Hades, and Malta. Um, don't have anything right now. Um, there's obviously been, I've always talked and we've just kind yeah. of been like, all right, what's next? What's next? But nothing is like in the process of being a mold that's made right now. Um, but, but is there anything yeah, the missing? I think there's always, I mean, people are always making this. So there's always <laughs> something they feel like they can improve on or figure out. Um, so there's always things that can be tweaked and, and experimented with. But with the Athena, the first run, I think I have a couple of them. The biggest significant it, difference is that they're a lot straighter than the prototypes and test flights. Mm. Um, these, are, they, these are how they were supposed to come out originally. Um, so that's what I'm really looking forward to people trying. Um, but I, I carry both, to be honest. I like the overstable one, you know, if it's a little bit windier. And then these straighter ones for shot shaping um all over the course and uh just i'm looking forward to breaking some in too so i can hyzer flip and such i've i've yeah, never thrown been... one and nick you you owe me one so next time you come up I for do. thanksgiving or christmas bring yeah, one I'll be up in a couple of weeks i yeah. want the straighter um, one it's literally oh so <laughs> i i got one when i was at worlds and then going into gmc i had first thrown it at gmc and it's a 170 172 test flight and it was the perfect flip up to flat like right off the rip Every other Athena that I've thrown that I have has been significantly more stable than the one that huh? I have. So if I, so if I lose one. the one that's in my bag, rag, No, no, that's yeah. my favorite disc. I was going to say, bring thrown. it to me. I'll sell like it that, and I'll go buy a few no, more. <laughs> that disc is so beyond perfect in my bag All right, right now. But that, that's Paul just off. been my favorite. Yeah. So <laughs> what else? Well, I, got, I got a question. Also, okay. oh, I got go a question real quick. Matt, what's that sweatshirt you're wearing? 
This, my friends, the, the chat's been going wild about it, too. It's uh, I don't wear it every day. It's called prismatic gear. You know, the uh, king of the eight holes, Zach Benson, the guy who does the okay, clapping yep, yeah. at the eight holes. Like mm -hmm. he started a clothing line and he sent oh, me some funny. shirts. So here's one of them. Thanks for asking. Nice. Nice and loud. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> really loud. Because, yeah. Uh, people love it. Um, all right. So, Paul, you're in Florida now. You're officially mm -hmm. moved down there. You left us all in the freezing cold Virginia. Pretty mean of you. But uh, what's the offseason look like? Once tournaments are over, how does this offseason compare to different ones that you've had when you were in Virginia, um, you know, compared to what you potentially are going to do for this year? A lot more disc golf this winter, uh, getting out and throwing, putting. Um, actually got a backyard, like a true backyard for the first time um, ever, actually. Um, which is pretty wild besides, besides California, we just had a, a pool, not much of a yard. So this is the first time I actually have like a fence and, and grass. So, um, looking forward to doing some putting practice, probably get a net thrown back there. Uh, and then the course not too far away. So a lot of that, um, in the gym a lot more right now, because I think the last couple of years been battling with some stuff. So I don't feel like I've been on the physical side, uh, as much as I should be. So some days I'm, um, I'm doing two days. Some days I'm um, just in the gym. At, like after this podcast, that's where I'll be going. And that's kind of the routine I want to figure out to be able to like play rounds, get to the gym, play tournament rounds, get to the gym, and just keep that in a solid cycle to where I'm not, you know, I'm not sore the next day because I'm keeping a routine going. But I'm also keeping that momentum rolling as the year goes on because it's so easy to just get focused on disc golf and, and, um, just the play of it, the skill side of it and not the, the physical ability. So I think the more I stay on top of that, the less I'll be dealing with injuries and such too. So I just, that's, that's really what I'm using these tournaments for too, is to, uh, make sure I stay in that routine and, and two of the tournaments I, I have to stay for the weekend. So that'll be, uh, me figuring out how I'm going to keep that routine going. So in our interview at world's, I kept pushing and digging at a question like, come on, what would you tell your younger self like if you could to give yourself like an advantage today? And eventually you answered and said probably something to do with health, meaning like whether it's working out or eating or whatever it was. Sounds to me like you're trying to do that. Can you tell like, are you using any form of coaching or physical trainer or is this all on your own? Right now it's on my own uh, because we're still so fresh here. I haven't been right. able to to explore all that. And I don't necessarily want to do that online and, and have like an online coach and all that. Um, I want to be held responsible and have someone literally there in a certain time I need to be doing stuff at. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just need to figure out <laughs> and get uh, get things sorted out here still um, before that. But um, it's looking like pretty much all December and January and pretty much early February, I'll have a chance. So solid two months to get all that dialed into. Has disc golf, like in your opinion, came to a place where, cause like when I started, maybe when you started, like, and you mentioned this in our world's interview, like it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of focus on like the physical aspects of it. I'm seeing a lot of the top players realized it. it seems to be to get an edge, they need to do this. Do you think this is going to become like, necessary for anyone on tour let's say in the next five or ten years like everybody's gonna have to be peak athlete i definitely think it helps i think it keeps your energy level and everything like that and 
when you're carrying around less weight when you're on the course it's not it's not as hard to you know go through the rounds and travel the way that you have to do and all that so i think it does help especially if you're on tour um if you're just you know weekend warrior i don't i don't think it matters as much and the the length of the courses that we're playing now to get through them multiple times um pretty much every day almost every day of the year um you know practice days are harder than the tournament days you know the tournament days are almost day off, days mm. off but mentally they're a lot harder but the practice days is is i think the most grueling uh and then let alone everyone treats the off season different too um so some people are in the gym playing more than they are during the season um and others take that time to just rest heal and other things so um, yeah, so I think that's kind of where that athletic side is coming from, where the more athletes are coming into the sport, and um, you're seeing that more at the top. It's 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 a different look now than it was previously. You know where else you're seeing it, and and Nick might be able to chime in, but Paul, I don't know how much you play at like an amateur like level tournament where people you see a lot of the amateurs coming into the sport, but I'm still in that zone, and like I got out recently for what's called New England Team Challenge, and I'm still introduced to these newer players coming into the sport. And what I've recognized is they're advancing so much faster now coming into the sport because I think this is my take. The sport is attracting more athletes now, like naturally gifted athletes at a younger age are like, watch, I can throw that disc a quarter mile. And I'm like, I've been trying for 15 years. I think athletes are being attracted to the sport. That's my take on it. And so they're coming in more that way now. I, yeah, I agree. And I also think the YouTube era is here. Yeah. So, you know, they yeah. can see, they can watch it True. differently and learn from it that way mm -hmm. um, to where that was uh, after I started, maybe about 10 years after I started, I'd say. <laughs> I talked to a kid at this team challenge and the way he introduced like his skill level and when he started, he's like, I came into the sport and he used you as a reference when Paul won his fifth world title. Like, that's what he said. And I yeah. was like, I was like, well, I remember yep. Paul McBeth walking up the fairway of hole 18 and not knowing who he was. <laughs> like, it's mm -hmm. just like different. Like he's so new and I've been around yeah. for a while. So it's, it's cool. Yeah. I, I played with uh, Ezra the final round at new world um, yesterday. And he's like, Hey, I just want to say how much of an honor it is to play <laughs> with awesome. you. He's like, I had your, I watched you all growing up. I had your poster on my wall. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he's, he's 20 years old. So it's like, <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah. He was 10 years old and I was winning my first worlds. That yeah. is awesome, dude. Like so. I think it was an interview and I always go back to different interviews cause that's how I learn who you are in a lot of ways. Uh, one of the first ones in studio here. And I had asked you a question about like, I think it was something along the lines of like just winning or performing in front of people. Like if we could get it to be like golf was, you know, back in the day with the groups, you were like, yeah, I love like not, maybe not being the showman, but I love competing and doing it in front of people. Um, what does it feel like? It kind of feels like disc golf is getting there. How much farther do you think there is for it to go? I mean, are we going to see 10 and 15,000 people on a course one day? Like what's your big picture? You're saying 10, 15,000 yeah. watching. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well we do that all, obviously live disc golf, but mm -hmm. I mean like in person, like, do you see the future of the sport? Like in your vision, is that what you see when you dream? Like, it's going to be massive. Or do you think we're kind of hitting some type of plateau? I think the venues definitely have to step it up more. So for that to happen, you know, you have to be able to draw people there in the morning and have them stick around all day. Mm -hmm. uh, so it has to have a lot more 
entertainment going on, food, drinks, and all that stuff for people to want to stay there all day and just kind of the numbers grow that way. Because if, in my opinion, I think it'd be hard to watch all day if you have to leave, go get food, or do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just going from um, a golf experience, like going to a golf tournament before. Like there's so many other activities going on that you don't feel bad when you watch golf for an hour, then go do something else for an hour, then come back and watch golf. And you can, uh, you know, pinball around and, and watch your favorite players on certain holes that you really want to see and such. So I think it it really depends on the venues. I think, I think it's possible. Um, I mean, we clearly have enough fans to go to all these events because it's not the same couple thousand that are showing up to every tournament. So if the, the venue is like that kind of venue, I can see people traveling and making one of these events have 10, 15,000 people at once. I have one more. I know Nick's sitting there. I'm like, you're, it's the Nick and Matt show. But, but here's the other. You get to talk to Paul more than I do, which is fine. I know he moved. Maybe you're missing out now. But I heard, and I think it was our interview with, um, I re-listened back to our interview with uh, Jeff Spring. I think their plans is, and maybe you know more than me, Paul, their plan is to buy property and actually start having their own venue or venues. Have you heard anything about that? I've heard they're definitely looking into it. Um, Makes sense. And I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't know the details or anything like that. Um, I know like their location, like where they want to go, but they're always, they're obviously open-minded. And I think, I think if there's one of those situations where, where someone built this kind of complex and offered pro tour a great deal to, to move there. They they're still at that stage to where they're not locked in somewhere. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think it just, but, it, we've but, talked about it for years. It just makes sense that all these places should do that. Like if you're a big tournament, you should buy your own property instead of venue. But this goes to the point of what you're saying. I think if we look forward that far, like maybe that's what the venues are and maybe that's how we grow it. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you see how Maple Hill's doing, um, but <laughs> you just need a couple <laughs> spare million dollars to make it happen. So. <laughs> disc golf is doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you don't have spare millions, I'm sure, but I think disc golf's doing better. It's a growing business and it seems to be uh, insiders may say differently. I don't have any real inside knowledge there, but I feel like it's healthy there. They just announced hiring all these different things. Um, so who knows? Um, so Nick, what am I missing? I mean, you invited Paul on tonight. We're glad to have him. What am I missing? I could ramble yeah. all night. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny because we talk normally throughout the week just okay. about anything. Can so, we involve Paul let's... in this new game that we did last week with the double jerky game? As long as he has time. It's probably will take five minutes, Paul. Is that good? Sure. Okay. It's there a game. Go. I know you like games. So. This game, let me just first of all shout out Double G Craft Jerky. Thank you very much for sponsoring this game. We are going to do this game. Paul, do you like spicy stuff? I know you have the little bit of spice in your jerky flavor. Uh, no, I'm not a huge spicy fan. Okay. Yeah, neither but is. I Nick. do know the the I know the barbecue's oh got a little kick to it at times. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's my favorite by far. Mm-hmm. So Nick does not like spicy, and the goal of this game is we're keeping track of points. We started last week. We have a points list. The last place person gets last pick of what they get to eat like for next week. So currently Evan is in the lead. I'm second. Oh yeah. Ben is third. 
Nick yeah. is fourth. So we got to keep it that way tonight. We're adding our points together for tonight, cumulative, and then we will do some form of like playoff wow. round or something later. But so you're just coming in as a guest for this game tonight. The way it's played is very simple. I do not know the answers yet. Nobody here knows the answers yet. Randomly picked pro tour players. And what our goal is, is to choose where we think they finished at the end of the year in the um, DGPT point standings. So we know where you were. We know where Ricky was, but we picked other random names and we just guess. It's just like golf. Well, not golf. You want to be as close as possible. If you are guessing 10 and they were really 15th, you get five points. You don't want okay, points. So you, want, you don't okay. want points. You nail it. You get zero points which somehow I did that last week twice. Let's give it another go. Everybody, Paul doesn't have to because we're not going to keep cumulative record here. Everybody, write down your write answer. Down. That's required here. No cheating allowed. We're going to start out with Chris Dickerson, everybody. Chris Dickerson, where did he finish Pro Tour standings? And I'm actually going to do this where we actually get the answer right away as opposed to um, waiting. waiting. I think it'll be more effective this way. So I'm not going to look but I am going to have it up so we can see. So Chris Dickerson, I'm putting in my answer. Uh, oh boy, this is a tough one for me. All right, I got my answer down. Everyone else good? Okay, Evan, what'd you, what'd you put down? I put down fifth. Dang it. If Statmando's saying fifth, uh, Ben, what'd you do? I know. Seven. Seven. I put eight. Nick? Sixth. Six. What do you think, Paul? I was thinking like 11. Okay. I, don't know if I was close to that. I was close. I was going 12 at first and I said, oh, that's too high. So let's see. I don't think it was in the top eight. Oh, you know why I can't oh, look no. yet? Because then I'll see where the other people are placed. Yeah, you'll see where okay. other people are. I can't are. do that. Yeah. Screw it. I wish we could, but we can't. Let's yeah. go. Jeremy Colling. Oh. Don't answer out loud unless, I mean, not until we're all got it down. Jeremy Colling. And play along chat because we're going to give you the opportunity here to chime in for our final round in a future week. Jeremy Colling. Mm, tough, tough, tough. Tough. Oh boy, this is tough. <laughs> this is tough. All right, I got mine down. Everybody else good? Yep. Yep. Okay, I'm going with 24. What do you think, Evan? I had 32. <laughs> I'm in two or high. 34th. 30, oh man, I gave him way too much credit, Ben. I had Larry Legend 33. <laughs> 33. Oh no. Paul, what do you think? I, I had 34 as well. He's in the plan, Matt. He was in the plan. He was in the plan. <laughs> Um, Matt's got some points on that one. Hey, I'm in second. At least I'm not last. Um, Paul, you'll hey, just have to kind of remember your numbers because we'll do a review. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Barella. Anthony Barella. Oh, this one's tough. This one. <laughs> it is oh, this tough. one is tough. Like he could be a hundredth or first. I don't know. <laughs> well, he's not first. I'll uh I'll bet somebody. All right, on that. I got my number down. I got mine. Ben, Nick? Uh, yeah, I'm good. All right. Ben, you're first. Okay. 27. Nick? I said 37. I said 28. Evan? I said 43. Was oh, he in the tour championship? I don't, think, I, just... I don't think he was in the tour championships. <gasps> oh, no. 23. Oh, no. Was oh, he in oh, it? No. Evan, oh, I really points. hope you get lots of points. Let, yes, <laughs> Paul, what do you think? I'm pretty sure he was. I said 23. Yes. I'm pretty sure he was in it. Please give oh, Evan points. I thought he wasn't in it. Dude, I, I don't. 
I just don't I remember him playing. To be clear, I don't know yet. I we got he... we okay. We're too, we're too excited, Ben. Let's go. We're too excited. Okay. Yeah, I'm nervous right well, now. Because okay. Evan's gonna lose the round. Joel, I literally, I'm trying to like think of coverage in my head, and I can't think of any highlights. Five or... MPO players, by the way. So we have two more. Joel Freeman. Okay. Ooh, what did I do here? Oh man. Okay. Uh, everyone good? Yep. No. 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 Evan's doing some stat research. Mm. <laughs> Not good yet. Gannon Burr. Gannon Burr. <laughs> All right, I, I got it now. Yeah. All right, yeah, go I'm ahead, good. Evan. Uh, I had nine. Nine. Ben. Yeah. Eleven. Nick. Eleven. Seven. Ooh, is that way too low? Seven. Paul. I was thinking seven. Man, I have no clue. Nineteen. <laughs> Nineteen. Points for Paul. <laughs> Maybe he's right on. Okay, uh, and then Nate Sexton. Ooh. Ooh, that's hard. Oh, that's actually wicked hard. <laughs> I uh, got mine down. I got mine down. Nick. Dude, I'm going to get some points on this one, I think. <laughs> I'm trying to be gentle, but. You good, Ben? Uh, yeah. What do you got, Nick? 39th. 39. <laughs> oh, yes, Nick. I mean, Ben. 40. Okay, you guys are in similar ballpark. I went with this is probably way too low. 20. Oh my goodness, Matt. he missed the tour championship. Let's go. Okay. All right. I had 39. Nick, we're coming back. Nick, we're missed it. Of course he missed I'm it. <laughs> Dang it. I'm going I'm going 50. So, so I knew he qualified for GMC and MVP, but I know he didn't play those. Because he didn't want to lose his caching streak. And those are mandatory yeah. points. Dang it. Yeah. So he was. Those count. Yeah, like they don't get dropped. Okay. That he, was he dropped a, out of the play in. Major, from those, maybe even major brain higher. freeze on my part. But I didn't think he was playing that bad. Like I'm thinking of his season and I'm like, okay, like 20th. But okay. That's true. Well, he didn't make the, it. Maybe the AB mistake on my part doesn't hurt the me 80. at all. Let's go. <laughs> okay. No, we're no, doing a review of them. We're doing a review. So now FEO. Oh, we're doing. Yep. 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 We'll do this now. Chris Dickerson, everybody. I'm going to say how he placed. All right, let me. Wait a second. Okay. Wow. Can you re can you repeat can you repeat the names? I'm putting the my numbers. Dickerson, Coling, mm -hmm. Barella, yeah. Freeman, Sexton. Okay. Cool. Okay. Got here it. we go. Chris Dickerson, everybody. Drum roll. Seven. He placed fifth. Oh. Oh, he was <laughs> in the final. So put. Your number of points there. Like, you obviously had your answer, but put your point number there. So I got three points for that one. A two. One. One. What'd you Zero. get? Zero. Zero. Evan six. knew it. I knew it 100%. Yeah, Evan, I was confident. You, what did you say, You're Paul? about to get 20 points. I said 11. Okay, 11. By the way, thank you again, Double G Craft Jerky, sponsoring this fantastic game. I we're going to do a prize. Yeah, we're going to do a prize. Again, it's going to involve jerky. I hope it's the hot boom sauce for Nick. We'll see. <laughs> All right, Jeremy Colling is how far do I got to scroll here? Sorry, big germ. Congratulations on your wedding, by the way. In the 30s. Okay, you think I should make it down to the 30s? Yeah, yeah he was in the Okay, 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 okay. 32. Oh. Look at that. So I just got eight points. Two points. Two? I'm at a combined zero. What? Yeah, you're about to get 20. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm about to get a bunch. <laughs> What'd so. you get, Ben? Uh, two. There. Two. Paul? 
No one there. I'm sorry. at eight overall. Okay. I'm at three. All right. I'm three. worst, apparently. I'm 11. Here we go. Anthony Barella. Uh oh. What? I thought I just saw him, but I got to keep scrolling here. Maybe I got to do a little find option. <laughs> oh, boy. Control us. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. 21. Okay. Oh, that was my big one. Did that oh. one oh. I just don't yeah. remember him playing it. I, I was double wrong. <laughs> How many that points was that? 22 <laughs> points. I, I don't know I got how two. I was that off. What'd you get, Paul? I got two points for that. Two. How many did you get on that one, yeah. Matt? Seven. I got 16. Wow. I'm I, catching back up to where you guys were. That's good. Who's in the lead? Is, is Paul in the lead now? Just I'm after at that? 10, I'm at 10 overall. Yeah, then I'm he's at nine. Oh, intern Ben, one ahead right now. Okay. Oof, Here I'm at go. 22. All that. So Joel Freeman is... Come on, Joel. <gasps> seven. Let's go, seven. Yeah, is, right? I guess seven, oh, yeah. Was he at seven? Uh, yeah, I guess seven. How many points? I thought it was seventh, but I was like shook from that AB mistake. Yeah. Did you say seven? Evan? No, I said nine. Okay, so you got two there. I, I said guess. 11. Ooh, okay, not bad. Well. Four. What'd I'm you get, 13. Paul? I got twelve on that one. <clears throat> twelve points. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I said nineteen. I think. That was nice. one I couldn't remember. Well, I'm I screwed 19. with Nate Sexton. I'm already laughing. Yeah. I just gotta find <laughs> out where's Nate Sexton. Okay, let me just see here. A little find option. <laughs> All right. It is. Dang it. 40th. I got. Oh, oh let's ooh, go. Let's go, Nick. Points. Wait, did we both get that, Nick? Well, I, I mean, I said 39. Oh, I said 40. I'll take, a, I'll take a one pointer. So I got a total of 38 points in that round. Ooh. What'd you get now? Dude, that AB one screwed I, me. I have a total of 25 points. Okay. 22 of that came from AB. Yeah. I had three points from four Dude. other players. That hurts. What'd you get, uh, Ben? 13. 13 total? Yep. You're moving up. What'd you get, Nick? 24. Paul, did you total one. those ones? Yeah, I got 32. Okay. I'm pretty sure I lost that one. Because what was yours again, Evan? Th 30 what? Uh, 25 total. Oh, dang. I really did bad. 38. Oh, uh, FPO. Okay, here we go. FPO. Moving into the final five FPO players. This is, I think it's going to be harder. This is going to be hard. <laughs> Because we already For did you. five players that we kind of maybe knew last week. Here's five more. Here we go. Stop looking at your screen. Yeah, stop looking. Here we go. Missy Gannon. Everyone write down a number for Missy Gannon. Mm. I'm having a brain freeze. <laughs> All right. Uh, everyone got a number down? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, let's go with Ben first. Five. Nick. Fourth. I got five. Evan. I went five. Okay, Paul. I almost went five, but I went three. <clears throat> okay. Ooh. She was four through six. That's guaranteed. All right, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Juliana Corver. Oh. <laughs> Points. <laughs> this is going to be tough. Jesus. This is going to be tough. I do have a question. Can do you guys tell me how many were in the tournament? <clears throat> In the know? finals, like the yeah, they I think FPL. it was twelve, right? With the play in no, 16, no, it 16. Was one through 16, sixteen, but then seventeen through twenty. Yes, played in. Okay, no, it was it was fifteen through twenty did the play in for sixteen actually in the championship. Okay, okay, that helps. Thanks. Okay, I got a number down. We'll go with Ben again first. Intern Ben. 
Rest in peace, Kobe. 24. Oh. All right. Nick. He's Give doing some math. <laughs> no answer. 16. 16. Okay. 16. Uh, I went with 19. Evan. Oh, no. <laughs> Guys, I went 45. Oh, no. She played. She played it. Didn't she? <clears throat> it's either lots no, of points. No, she didn't. Let's I see. thought she did the play-in. I think she might have did 25. the play-in. Okay, Paul said 25. No, she did Hold on. We got to move on. We'll get the points here in a minute. Don't be <laughs> okay. nervous. Here we go. I could have sworn I remember her being Emily there. Beach. Ooh. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> oh, this is tough. This is tough. I see the chat. They've been guessing all along right now. This is, wow. Don't look at the chat. No, I'm just seeing the the things flying. I have no idea who they're saying it for. There's like 8 million numbers on there. Okay. Emily Beach, I put a number down. Uh, Nick, you're first. 29. I said 21. Evan. Give me the points, 14. Or actually, give me the lack of points. You feel like that's so good. He's confident. He says 14. Give me the points, 15. I don't remember her playing in the Ben said 15. Paul, what do you think? I said... I said 14. Oh, oh dang it, Nick. Go. You and I are the outliers. Either we're getting yeah, good I, or... I just don't remember her playing it, but I know she got like second I don't place think at D-Low. She did. I think I did see her there. Okay. Yeah. Own Scoggins. <sighs> Thank you for the lob. Man. Why is that a lob? Dude, yeah, Ben's I, sneaky I, good at this. I'm impressed, Ben. <laughs> Let's go. All right. I got a number. Evan, you're up. We all get Nick. You get yeah. Everyone no, good. Give me two seconds. I'm debating between two numbers right yeah, now. But he wants I'm gonna to go. nail it. Uh, all right, I'm probably gonna get one point. Evan knows this 100 percent. Perfect. All right, I went four. Okay, Ben three. Nick fourth. That's incorrect. I went four. Paul four. I went four as well. All right, Ben's the only one who said all something right, different. I, guess I got one point. Here we go. Last one. Henna Blumroos. Hello. Thanks for the lob. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I got a number. All right. I just realized the podcast, they were just driving along in their car and it just went silent for like 10 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like sitting there well, writing something well, For the record, I scribbled out my first answer. But if that either. was you driving the car, you could, that, that moment of peace yet. brought to you by Double G Craft Jerky. Okay, here we go. Um, we'll let Paul get the last one in here first. What do you think, Paul? I said six. Evan? Fifteenth. Uh, Whoa, Ben. Ooh, we got a nice range. Nine. Nine. Nick? Twelve. And I said seven. We're all over the board. Ooh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was the number one seed in the play, and I'm feeling it. <laughs> oh, now you just reminded me. That might be accurate. I think that it could be accurate. All right. Here we go. We're starting with Missy Gannon. Missy Gannon was sixth. So okay. I got oh, one dude, point. I said fourth oh, for Missy. Was fifth. I said, what am I thinking? I said fourth for Missy and own. Because <laughs> I thought on. I said fifth for Missy. <laughs> he guesses someone the same. <laughs> uh, so All what right. was she again? He, she, was uh, sixth, she was sixth. So whatever that is. I got sixth. one point. Any big points there? No. I should have known Valerie was fifth. Oh my goodness. What did you say? I got... I got three. I said Gannon was fifth. Oh, Paul got three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Juliana Corver. Come on. Big money, big money. Come on. Come on. No way. Well, like, no way. 
I feel like I'm this, one's, this and Emily are about to screw up. Uh, I don't want to be wrong. 26. Let's go. Uh, all right. So, all right. I got seven So points. she was in the tour championship. Why did I think she wasn't? What am I doing? Wait, I thought that was no, outside. That's not. Yeah, 26 is just outside. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm dumb either way. But either way, I was <laughs> way wrong. Way. I was yeah. way wrong. She it, might she might have been there though because I think a lot of the FPO didn't show up for the play in. Uh, it's possible. Oh. I thought I remembered it, but maybe not. Come on, stat man. Well, okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the one I'm really curious I about. I got seven points there. Okay. Emily Beach. 14. Um oh, did you how did you know that? You just whispered the answer into my ear. 14. Wow. I man. was I was very confident on that. She won rookie of the year, so I had it in my mind. Statmando has That's an advantage. Well. That's why we got to bring it to the course, Nick. <sighs> yes, because where he has a disadvantage. <laughs> a, that Let's is a go. smack talk. Where I that is smack beat talk. Matt at Maple Hill and Don't. I beat Ben everywhere but Meadowbrook. No, that's a lie. I just beat you at Meadowbrook by like 10 or 15. Yeah, yeah I lost to you all day. <laughs> okay, here we go. I've smoked I got like seven for Emily strokes Beach. in my sleep. Come on. Man. Okay, enough smack talk. I got 15 for that one. Oh, wow. Oh, ooh, okay. Yeah. Moving down. <laughs> Own Scoggins. Everyone feels decent about this one. Fourth. Okay. All right. There's my zero pointer. I got zero here. Ben's the only one. I think he got, got three one. or one. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He lobbed it for one. <laughs> he lobbed it for one. <laughs> okay. And then finally, Henna. Oh, dude. When you said she made the play in, then I'm like, dang it. It's true. She got 15th. Let's go. Uh, not so good here either. Uh, Guys, if I only didn't have the blow up person, I got one point from four of the FPO players. That kills me. I still beat you. Ooh, not so good here, guys. Total up your scores. And then I'll give you your scores from last week. Okay, I have a total of... <laughs> Let's go, 99 total. That's 20 people I've guessed. I was 99 off over 20 people. Um, Nick, what'd you get for tonight? 54. Okay, so 54 plus 60. I think it was... 114. Matt, you, how many are you saying for your two? No, we episode. did last week's we did as well. Last week. So we're accumulating. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no way I, I got 99. Okay. <laughs> well, what'd you get? What'd you get just this week, Matt? Oh, just so this week. Good. I got uh, 38 plus 23. It was okay, 61. It's a very big number. 61. Okay. Awesome. I got the worst tonight, I think. Did anybody beat 61 tonight? Oh, Nick, you did. I got 54. Wow. Nope. Okay, so 54 for Nick, uh, which puts you at 114 total. You got closer to me now. What'd you get, Ben? Kobe, 24. Total? Yeah. Dang. Good job, Ben. I don't know how. Ben literally studied this whole week. He knew it was coming. He just he memorized studied. it. I didn't. It he was intuition. <laughs> I studied the game, baby. Okay, and then Evan. Uh, 45. Ooh, bad week for Evan. Dude, wow. again, I had... I had, oh, you get I kid you not, four points from eight players. I got 45 as well. Wow. Okay. So here's the result standings uh, for both weeks together. Evan is holding it down no. by four over Ben. Let's go. Let's by go. four. And then I'm third, 99 points, and Nick is 114. So if we bring it to the course, 
easy. Nick has to like shred to be able to make up the strokes. Wait, yeah, how, do, how do we do that points wise into strokes? That's my guess. I think, like, we'll probably, stroke I think what we points? should do is a point or a stroke would be worth like two points or something. So if you beat us by eight, you get 16 points or something like that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Or Paul, can you just jet your way up here and join in on the fun? We'll just see whatever Paul beats people by. That's the bonus multiplier or something like that. All right. Cool. Um, So that was the game. Thank you, Double G Craft Jerky. We are going to finish this game out. And uh, Who had the the lowest FPO score? I had 11. Probably Ben. I had 24. I had 23. I had 20. Ben. I had 13. Man. What did Ben do uh, this week? You just lobbed he a studied, few. Up I'm there. telling you, dude. You just lobbed a few. Like Missy Gannon owned pretty easy, and then the rest. Like I thought you about. Guessed, you got those wrong though. I got by one point. Like it's not a big <laughs> deal. Yeah, wrong. that's the way to cheat without <laughs> yeah. knowing you're cheating. You know what I mean? Like you purposely yeah, get a right. point. Yeah. Like, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose sleep over that JK one. Like I <sighs> apparently so I just if, don't know Emily Beach. All right, so if people are playing this game at home yes. and they didn't see last week's episodes, who were the five names that you guys said so they can guess and then look it up? Okay, let me do it. Do you remember? Oh, it's a good call. They I, can go back. I, have, I have them here. I have it written down. Do you have them, Matt? Yes. Okay, the okay. five. Yeah, that's a good point. They were playing it last week, but yeah, if you didn't, here they are. Adam Hammes, Aaron Gossage, James Conrad, Isaac Robinson, and Drew Gibson. Those are your five MPO. Those would have been harder than this week's, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> Those are this week is a lot And easier. I came out last week with 38 points total over FPO. I nailed it somehow. That's my only saving well, grace. You nailed it for second place? Yes. Yeah, and I did. what was FPO? FPO, this is hard too, but Stacey Ronsley, Kat Merch, Haley King. Stacey was hard. Yeah. Alexis Mandahano, Ella Hansen. So. Okay. Yeah. When yeah. You, hey, yeah. Yeah, so to play those, um, you can go look those up yourselves. Totally your total cumulative score without cheating. <laughs> Someone comes in there like then, 22. Yeah. And then they can join next week and be back on point. Exactly. Good call, Paul. Catching Catching it live. We're going to bring him in as the fifth fifth host from <laughs> here on out. He's bringing, making us better. So right now, the winner is, stands at 72 points right now. So if you make it to this point and you're better than that, you should give yourself a hand and round of applause. And if you want to beat Nick Carl, just be sub 100. <laughs> <laughs> sub 114. No, I'm getting smacked He's right the now. only last one week, in the 100s. Last week was tough, dude. <laughs> yeah. Last week, I was way off. This week, I had a couple, like, one or Ugh. two pointers. Last week was like 10, 10, 10, 10. So Ugh. it was a rough one. All right. Um, this was this was awesome. Um, Paul, we don't want to take up any more of your time. I'm just imagining like you're in the off season. You just won an event. You're still not quite feeling. Is it feeling off season anymore with this wraparound? Like, what's the difference in your mentality? Like, it's definitely off season okay. in the sense of yeah, I'm not I'm not thinking about hopping on a plane going okay. to another tournament. Like I can play a tournament next week, but I'm at home right now. Yeah, like this would never happen. So, are you near the? Oh, I don't know the geography of Florida that well. You said you're 45 minutes from Jacksonville. Is that like, like I'm 45 minutes from the other side of Jacksonville where the course is? Are you near he a said he's beach? South, I think right? I've seen well, social yeah. media. Like I've seen you at the beach, yeah. but like, are you near the south beach? Yeah, we're 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 at the beach. Yeah, we're at the beach. We're a mile and a half. Are you going to be the first uh, touring pro with a private jet? <laughs> this is the intern Ben. I, I doubt it. I don't. 
I feel like it's way. Too, I feel like it's way too easy to just have an RV and have all your stuff there instead. Of, ben, do you know how much it costs to put Wi-Fi on a private stuff? jet? To put Wi-Fi? Yeah, I think you can survive no. six hours without Wi-Fi. Yeah. Well, Jill, let's just talk. To put Wi-Fi on it is over like a hundred G's, and then you have to like re-up it multiple wow. times per year. How do you know that, Nick? Yeah. They're just getting I've, money like, out of these. Because I think Grant Cardone was talking about years. it, actually. And I was okay. listening to Grant yeah, Cardone like, for a little while. Mm-hmm. about. Do you know how much he, it costs to, like, charter a, a private jet? Because, like, most people... Not as, yeah, it's, not it's as actually, much as you think. No, it's not well, as much as you think. The thing is, yeah. though, like, you're not owning the jet. Like, it's like you have it on reserve. Like, it's a company mm-hmm. that flies it for you. But, like, yeah, it's... No, it's fairly expensive. Like, when you say not as much as you think, what number are you thinking? two million to buy one. That's, like, 10... I would guess 10 to 15 grand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like cross country flights. That's. A, I mean, it depends on where you're going. Yeah. That, that'd be my guess. And then that's huh. not just one person. That's multiple tickets. Please, Paul. Stuff. Nick and Matt show. We want a private jet to go somewhere, and we'll just like. Just well, be I, awesome. I have. I've heard like crazy things, like pro tours thinking about you know chartering like Whoa. like during COVID they were thinking about chartering a flight to Europe so we could all play the wow. European Open and stuff mm. and be in or Norway and stuff like that. That mm. but that was during COVID mm. and then. Um, I haven't heard any talks about doing stuff like that, but maybe other countries and such. All right. Well, as you can tell, we're off talking about private jets and Wi-Fi and all that stuff. But thank you for that conversation starter, intern Ben. You're welcome. All right. Private jet, that's the new goal. Or owning the jets. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds awful. That's a little bit more. The Patriots are going to own the jets this week. I hope. All right. Who knows? Well, we've made it to that well, point in the show, I think, where we're probably going to let Paul go because we're just wasting his time. He's making more money like just sitting here listening to us than we are just at life. It's true. Someone <laughs> probably just bought a Athena and it went straight to his account. Six dollars. <laughs> ping, ping, ping. <laughs> just hear the chimes. <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching. Ben's bringing the gold tonight. This is funny stuff. I love it. Hey, it's the Benergy. It is the Benergy. Yeah. I think it just... I think it just need a cool background. That's about it. Yeah. He did the goat when you were on. This is, what, what is it? Go full screen. Okay. Okay. Are you saying I whoa, need a cool background? Whoa, are you saying is... this one's not cool? Oh, like that. That's where all the ideas are coming from. Oh, whoa. Oh. Someone's running down a hallway. Yeah. <laughs> I just found it. Okay, cool. It. That's crazy. All right. We're going to let him go. Paul, did we miss anything? Did you come on? You're like, dang it. I need a platform. I need to shout something out. Or are you good? Nope. Just. Okay. Nick requested, and yes, I was he like, did. All right, I'll yes, finally, I'll finally hop on. No, we appreciate it. Hey, throw me under the bus like that. No, it was Nick's <laughs> fault. I said we have a guest, Nico, and he goes, "No, we need Paul. I miss him badly." <laughs> we are, yeah, we are worried about say, Nico not coming on. It's true. Oh no, I was just I I turned this on and Nico was there, and I was like, "What the? Yeah. <laughs> <What's going laughs> on here? Who did I call?" What well, he was, yeah. it, was, it was funny because he was talking about how many times in life that you've just overshadowed tournaments of his yeah. where like when yeah. you shot 18 down a toboggan he shot like yeah. nine down which was that's a great what this round t- that's what this title is right paul Macbeth and then guest appearance nico yeah yeah and then overshadowing the nico yeah. yeah so it would have been funny if we like brought you in and we're like all right peace out nico we got paul coming on and once again he's overshadowing me but <laughs> he was funny. in a good mood so yeah that was a good time it was a good interview all right paul thank you very much yes um enjoy the new house i'm I'm hoping it feels a little like vacation i know you have to unpack and get all that but like settle in Uh, if i was there i'd bring you or my wife would bring you cookies and say welcome to the town or neighborhood but you're not we're not so you won't get the cookies but welcome to the neighborhood (laughs) well i will say i will say we got a lot of we got a lot of uh 
alcohol um, delivered really? when they first moved here. That was all their welcoming gifts. Yeah. Wow. Are you in so, like yeah, a, it was, it was a surprise? Like, don't give us your address. People zooming in on Google, but like, are you in like a residential area where it's like a community yeah. residential area where like people are like, oh, someone just moved in. They all know it. They did know, like, okay. I think two houses sold on this neighborhood around the same time. Okay. Yeah, and everyone was like, welcome to the neighborhood. And, and cool. Yeah. I think I guess bourbon and I don't, I don't know alcohol. So but yeah, a lot of <laughs> whiskeys and stuff. Feel free to bring but it up for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's already up there. Mel took it. Oh, but, did she? Uh, yeah. Th there were some cool bottles that I kept just for fun and for guests. So cool. All right. Again, we're getting so off that. on a tangent. Right, thank you. We're going to let you go. Yep. Peace out. Thank Paul. You, Paul. So All right. See you guys. Peace. Paul McBeth, everybody, not to be Ladies overshadowed by Nico LaCastro or vice versa. Two separate deals. Wow. Congrats on finally winning a silver event, Paul. We, that's <laughs> how I started it out. It's Discraft, so funny when like... Discraft huh? should make a, a stamp that says one-time Silver Series winner. One-time Silver Series? <laughs> Let's go. That'd actually be hilarious. I've seen a local shout out to David Hoey, uh, one-time Am One like Pyramids winner or something. Marshall Street Am One. <laughs> oh, winner. did he have like bosses and stuff like that? Yeah. That's so funny. I remember those. He had like so the Hoey bosses. Yeah. <laughs> the one-time Am One. Yeah. I know it was like runner-up Am One or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's even better. Yes. It was hilarious. Zero-time yeah. world champ. I've seen a couple of those. I was trying to, I was trying to get B-Pool world champ from last year. I was trying to do a fun run with that. Champ. And I actually could have done it this year but it's not as cool now because i obviously got uh, smoked that world so last year was cool but okay so we there did the go. game by the way people last week were saying they had fun playing along with that game i hope you enjoyed it it was i think we'll bring it back next year we're not going to do this throughout the year like where are they now <laughs> like we're not going to do that <laughs> I, I, I think we got to do outside the top 50 like let's get some points that, would, that, that is a that would be a point spreader Maybe like where did jackie chen up. who played vegas <laughs> where did he Nicholas finish on the year? 189 <laughs> he played recently oh, in dude, USA, i'm at like 115th or 145th or something like that so i, I do want to say that was fun from double g craft jerky go try their jerkies out um we are going to like i said find a way to wrap this up and we will be using their product as part of the reward and as part of the pain <laughs> we'll see what happens but we're gonna make a fun thing of it um real quick i say real quick we're pretty close to the end of the show here but i do want to hit on a few things then we can open it up for disc gear discussion uh the disc golf pro tour announced today right after seth finley announced that he's coming on as like the usa i don't want to say liaison but like manager of latitude 64 he's the main guy for latitude 64 in the usa now that's the first person they've ever hired in the usa to work the usa this is a pretty cool move for latitude 64 i don't know exactly what it will look like but just the visionary part of me says latitude is going to become a bigger deal in the us it's great plastic people love it europe it's crazy um, now it's going to grow. That's cool. Uh, and Seth Finley, the reason I bring that up is he was the uh, the VP of administration and finance, I believe is what it was for the Disc Golf yeah. Pro Tour. And he, <clears throat> I say like he was part of the inaugural. It's not quite true, but he was there from the beginning with Steve Dodge um, and actually was the first hired on like person to be on payroll, if you will, for the Pro Tour. Uh, stuck it out through the transition to Steve Dodge to, you know, the new ownership. And then Jeff Spring as CEO came into a much more substantial role uh, all the way up until now. And now he's not there. Jeff Spring writes in a, a note in the official release from the Pro Tour that personally he's saddened, if you will. Like, as in, like, it, it means a lot to have worked with him. 
He's happy mm -hmm. for, obviously, a bittersweet way for Seth Finley. But congratulations to him. The Pro Tour then follows up to say, we are, we've hired and we have 40 full-time employees, not including contractors and, you know, other um, freelancers. But they are now assigning, I think it was, how, how do you say the VP uh, assistant? the ceo guy is it D delone is that how you say it, or uh phil delone oh, phil. yeah phil yeah he is taking on that role in an official capacity is my understanding so they're doing some shifting internally which i do like um uh zach kukendall i think if you don't know all these people don't worry about it but he was um, kikendall i think it's kikendall it, i don't know <laughs> it's spelled really zach. it's spelled pretty crazy but zach was their social media like manager he has now moved up to like marketing director and they've moved two new roles up into like social media strategy and social media you know like manager so they're making moves is my point and they're looking for a financial uh director uh maybe controller is how they put it but they're replacing people they're saying put out uh get your interviews in like put out your resumes if you want to work there they're hiring they're always hiring if you have general interest to work there let them know what you can do that's cool um seppo's no longer competing i alluded to that earlier on that's something you can go check out his youtube channel by the way hint go turn on the, the closed captions it's in english <laughs> the eight or ten minute video you could actually understand what's being said good luck to him he's going to stay in disc golf but not compete he's done he's done that is how it kind of seems it's, he's settling mm -hmm. down trying to have a life with disc golf but not competing um and then Congrats to Big German and Jules, his uh, wife. They're in studio here during MVP Open. Got to meet them a little bit. Their wedding happened uh, approximately, what, three days ago? Another disc golf wedding. Simon had his earlier. Who's up next? Is Did uh, Yulabari get engaged to He's Sarah Wysocki? Yep. So maybe that's up next for disc golf weddings. <clears throat> it could be. And then... Oh, no. Kona Panis and uh, Colton. Oh, they're that's like the 10 next. Days. Yeah, they're in like That's like days. immediately. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then I'm just r rambling through these so we can get to the, the scare discussion, which is, uh, not this one, but we're almost there. The tour passed or the player tour card has been updated. They have increased the numbers for players that are able to get these passes, which is like an automatic registration to these events. And they've increased it up to 80 for MPO, 40 for FPO. It's like five more. They added to FPO and like 15, I think to MPO. The point is they get you registered. in. if you were the top 80 last year, you're in. Um, and you can withdraw from events, obviously, but you're in. And I think it's becoming more exclusive, which in the end, I like it. Silver events are where you're going to want to make your case, if you will, to become one of those better players. Mm -hmm. And I think that's as it should be. There's a lot of discussion there. That's not what we're doing right now. Maybe we'll talk about that in another off-season uh, podcast. Let's get to it. Disc Golf Pro Tour Player Awards. This is the Discaria discussion. Nick brought this up. Evan's got cool insight to stats relating to the percentages given uh, through the votes. He can't tell us like, hey, Matt, you voted for X, Y, Z. He can't tell me. That's not, you know, that's confidential, if you will. But he can say, hey, media votes were X amount of percent for that. I think that's interesting. Nick, do you want to start us off? Like, let's talk through like each of these awards and maybe just a general reaction. Let's probably take, I don't know, five or 10 minutes here. Well, I think, what was it? Ricky and Kristen Tatar getting player of the year. Is yep. it the Ken Climo and the Elaine King? Or Ken yep. Climo? You got it. Okay, so it is Elaine King. I couldn't remember. Mm -hmm. um, kind of funny, Elaine King, Kristen winning the Elaine King one when you had the whole Champions Cup controversy. Oh, Nick's going there. <laughs> I'm just, okay. putting that, just putting that together now. It's actually kind of ironic. But um, two incredible players that played very, very consistent all year. Ricky, obviously, 
getting what was it four elite series wins with the pro tour and then winning the pro tour championships yeah so So five total just an absolutely incredible year and then we've just seen dominance throughout the whole year from chris and tatar i think there's no argument on either side on player of the year yeah I Go agree ahead. there. Uh, I mean, the Tatar one was uh, absolutely no no discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. She was the unanimous uh, player of the year. Uh, media voters, 100% of media voters picked her as the number one. You could vote uh, one, two, three, four, five. So you picked five total and you ranked them. Uh, every single media voter picked Krishna Tatar, number one. No question. She also led in disc golf pro tour points and average finish at majors and tour championship, which were the other criteria um, factored into choosing this. Uh, so it was a complete sweep from every way you could look at it. Um, like interesting enough, like Paige Pierce, uh, I mean, she didn't receive any first place votes, but she did have 69% of the second place votes um, and 94% of total votes. A few people did um, leave her off about 6%. Um, but she had the second most total amount of votes. Uh, then is Katrina Allen, who only received 14% of second place, but received numerous percentages through the rest of it. Uh, um, sorry, excuse me, 46% third. I was looking at Oskagans, uh, who also had 14% second place votes, but was kind of sprinkled in across third, fourth, and fifth. Um, and like Val Mandahana, Missy Gannon received some votes too, um, but weren't quite at the top. Uh, in MPO, uh, Ricky was definitely the consensus, but it was not unanimous like it was Tatar. Uh, he had 83% of the first place votes. Um, Paul Macbeth, um, had the next most number of votes, uh, with 11% first place votes, but majority was second place votes with him getting 63%. That was the most of anyone. Both Ricky and Paul did get a hundred percent of total votes, whether it was one through five. Um, they're the only players to do that. Uh, Simon Gannon and Calvin were all close, uh, but some people left them off. Um, they didn't receive a lot of first place votes. Um, and Simon was kind of across the board. He received 23% second place votes and 37% uh, third place votes. Uh, I think, yeah, he was the third most picked as far as media voting goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he unfortunately did a little bit worse in disc golf pro tour points and average finish. So didn't quite finish. It's not really like a second place award anyways. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, those are pretty straightforward. But I think most improved was maybe the one that had the most discussion around it. So this got Evan. If you want to see if you want to see the real side of Evan that we don't get to see on Monday nights, go on to Twitter and follow. I think it's Evan K D G, right? Or is Evan, uh, Evan K Disc. Evan K Disc. <laughs> ben and was just it, r- it, ripping on me. It is for that the name. best account to follow. One, because he tweets out awesome stats with Statmando and retweets everyone from Statmando as well. Um, so you get to see all these cool things. But dude, when discussion gets heated on Twitter. Be ready for Evan Kearns to drop in and just hit people with some knowledge. I love it. Tons of people. I appreciate it. So, well, ultimately, this is talking about the, uh, what is it? Um, Not rookie of the year. It's uh, most most improved. improved. Excuse me. Most improved player of the year. And so many people were saying Simon Lazat was the most improved player. And they're all giving their arguments on why they personally feel like that. And then Gannonburg ultimately wins most improved player of the year and when evan because you thought this is correct right evan like uh it's like, it is that not your who pick? i voted for but between okay. uh for simon lazat and gannon burr i thought it was it's clear as day gannon okay. burr and i think gannon burr was totally deserving even if he wasn't my number one pick who'd you vote for 
I voted for uh, Jason Hebenheimer, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. n- not a lot of total votes, and I knew that going into it, but it, it felt just like it, it hurt. <laughs> no, it hurt because I knew it wouldn't mean anything because I knew he wouldn't get enough votes. Yeah. But I truly did think he was by far the most improved. Um, he, he, I didn't even know who he was earlier this year. Uh, and then he turned into having a play in appearance at the tour championship. I mm-hmm. wouldn't have picked someone who improved a lot, who went from 80th to 50th. Cause that doesn't mean anything, mm-hmm. but he worked his way up to a play in appearance. I could go through his stats. I'm trying to look for it real quick, but I'm not going to waste time stalling to try yeah, to get to that's it. All right. But he just led in so many categories and not just led, but by so much, um, like I, his, his, under par percentage was like triple what anyone else's change was from 2021. Mm-hmm. He got better in almost every like part of his game. He's incredibly good and he's just not super well known. Um, but I thought he was truly the most improved. Um, but I, <laughs> to get into this, Simon, just, <laughs> I'm not going to go into it long, but I want to get some points across yeah. between Simon uh, and Gannon. Um, I think this is a most improved award. It's kind of, it, it's not just, not only most improved from last year, but it is kind of a career award as well. Uh, Simon has been a top player for so long in the sport. He might not have been, you know, winning every event. He only had two elite series wins before this year and hasn't won a major, but he's been a top player for so long. And it is something like he was top 15 in, in uh, the Statmando official rankings for, um, yeah, sorry, uh, top 15. He went 356 straight weeks weeks not not days weeks 356 straight weeks of being in the top 15 before he had the injury in 2020 and dropped out that's insane um he also his average round rating this year um was his fifth best of his career and i'm trying to find the number i'm not coming up quick enough but it was his fifth best of his career in uh 2017 i think it was he had nine podium finishes that's more than he had this year like yeah he wasn't getting the wins um, that's where I'm consistently at. I, I don't do it as player. I don't do it as eloquently Seven as years you. ago, no. five years ago. I don't do it as eloquently as you, but my first thought was, I'm like, are we just saying because of the previous year, like he's most improved over the pre that's why I was like, no, you can't give it to him. And I was doing the media vote and I'll tell you, my vote was not for Simon and people are like, well, how is that? Well, that's just what Evan's saying is so nice. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, just to quickly, like the differences between them from 2021 to 2022 for majors and DGPT elite, um, he was, oh, sorry, actually that's all elite series. So it includes national tours in 2021. Yes. Um, Burr increased his average round rating by over 11 points. Simon went up 0.71 average rating points. Um, Burr's under par percentage went up. So better by 4.12%. Uh, Simon Lazat's actually got worse. He was getting less birdies or better on average um and there's just getting a lot place, more pars uh i mean maybe uh, I, yeah. average place burr went down 12.72 uh spots he had the best average place on tour uh where simon's actually got worse he went up 3.44 and he i mean he said it himself it's nothing new that it was kind of a boomer bust season he got way more wins but then he also was out of it uh more often mm-hmm. uh it was an absolutely incredible season but i think what this award comes down to is it's a really open-ended award and that's okay most improved means a lot of different things to different people it kind of is the threshold of how good they are is it someone who is really good who's now one of the best in the world like Gannon burr is it someone who was unheard of to then being like a tour championship level player like Hebenheimer uh, or it, Simon who just had a really incredible jump 
from one year to the next and someone who was having a bad season before or had an injury. And I think that last one kind of comes to a little bit more of a comeback player of the year, which is what the NFL has. And it's kind of like someone who gets injured and then has a really great season the next year. Like Joe Burrow won it uh, last year in the NFL from tearing his ACL to then getting to the Super Bowl. That's a comeback player of the year. That's kind of what Simon went through, in my opinion, yeah. um, where most improves a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to hop over to FPO just real quick to talk about that as well. Um, Valerie Mandohano takes down that award. That's another one where I didn't specifically vote for Mallory, Valerie Mandohano. Excuse me. I don't know who you voted for, Matt, um, <laughs> but I think she was totally deserving. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I was uh, sorry. I, I I was texting Nico. Sorry, you guys are best <laughs> oh, okay. friends. Distracted. Now. I'm distracted. Look at that. Yeah. Um, I I voted for Holland Hanley, who I thought kind of in the Ooh, same. That's a great one. Jason Hemetheiber went yeah. from someone who was not super well known to just transcend to be a very yeah. very good player. Um, she finished even higher in the Pro Tour point. She got a, a bid actually to the. Tour championship. That's not a dig. It sounded like a dig to him and I were making the play in. Um, but she also got a podium at Worlds, which is incredible. Uh, her coming from outside disc golf just a few years ago to being where she is at now. A few other players who I thought were totally deserving as well were like Ella Hansen, uh, Kat Mersh. Um, I, those were popped out the most to me. Um, Val Mandahano is also up there. I, not my first vote, but totally deserving. She got 47% of the media votes. The interesting thing, though, which I want to talk about is she got 20% of the fan votes, which was second out of everyone. Kristen Tatar got 32% of the fan votes. Mm. And to me, that seems even crazier than Simon. Mm-hmm. She was like almost the consensus best mm-hmm. player last year in FBO, yeah. but just didn't play the whole tour. It's like a- she, she won a major in 2019, like three years ago. There needs to be a like, show prior to that talks about what each of these awards like could mean yeah. to people because people come into it with a preconceived idea, like what it means to them. And then when the pro yeah. tour announces it, if, if you want to make Evan mad, just go read the comments because people are like, this is absurd. Throw it away. It doesn't even make sense. And it's like, yeah. okay, you don't like, all right. Yeah. I'm going to stop. Well, well I'll say this is it, like, I'm not, I mean, I'm not mad at anyone. I have my own opinion and I'm, I'm passionate about it, but what's really cool Splatter? is you have so He's many mad. fans who have uh, come on to uh, new disc golf fandom, especially in the last couple of years who didn't know about Kristen Tar, who didn't even know Kristen Tar before this year, maybe because they're a brand new fan and she's become their favorite player. And now they're watching the women play every week and they're excited about it and seeing all this progression and, and she had a fantastic year for being their favorite player. And they're like, so super thrilled with that. And that's awesome. And they like latched onto it. And so that's so cool. And like it trend, it goes further than any award voting. And that's just great to see. So, uh, it, t- taking it apart, it's not something I'm ever going to be mad at. Like, I don't think anyone can be mad at, at how it goes down, but, yeah. uh, at the same time, we'll be passionate about on what I think is uh, maybe the right pick. And did I it, think own own would have been a great pick? Is it okay? As well, is it okay to? I don't want to say disclose because I don't think it's confidential. And well, if it is, then I lose my vote next year. But <laughs> I, I think you, um, you're welcome to say who you voted for. Yeah, I can say that. But I mean, like the way that they presented it to us as media was like, this is up to you to interpret. Like. Who do you think, like, what does it mean to you to be the most improved? Because I saw someone in the chat saying, like, maybe they could be more specific. And, like, I'm thinking, I don't know. I think that's part of what voting is, to allow people to interpret who and what they think. And so it's okay that people think differently. But when the when the majority of people vote for something and that's the result, 
I think you have to give the nod. You don't have to. Sports talk, we can debate it forever. But my point is, I think you give the nod and say, like, most people thought this. That's probably what it was. That's my, that's yeah. my take. And I think most improved is the one that you can have the most sure. kind of, like, subjectivity to. But it also goes the same for player of the year and all-stars like all-stars. You could vote to someone just because you like you could vote for, let's say, like Chandler Kramer, because you think he is the best forehand on tour. And you think that needs to be all-star worthy. Mm -hmm. You could vote for Corey Ellis, who had an incredible year anyways, and just barely missed on the all-stars because you think he's the, the best putter on tour and he needs to be at the all-stars. Like there's there's all these different things you could choose to right. why they earn it. I mean, player of the year, it might not. Like people could choose different things. I mean, I think it should be who has the best season, but some people might treat it as a little bit like a most improved if they, yeah, there's so many ways you could get Ken about Chapman it, right? makes yeah. a good point in our chat. Long time listener. I think first episode ever. Now we're at 114. He says, if there was a formula, there wouldn't need to be a vote. There you go. Hey. Go, go to statmando.com for the formula. If you want, I mean, you can see all the time who is where and what. All right. Did yeah, we and, kind of, we, go ahead. we have our player of the year one. That's going to, we, we have it going throughout the calendar year, mm -hmm. but it's, mm -hmm it's probably going to line in the same way that the disc golf uh, pro tour player of the years went. <laughs> probably. Um, I want to touch on the second and third card all-stars real quick, um, but I'll do it. Make a brief. No, yeah, I do guess it. guess you can go ahead. I guess. So when you guys listening audience, when we hang up the show, guess what Ben and Matt do? We talk. No. <laughs> yeah. We make fun of the chat. No, I'm kidding. We go on, we produce, and we edit, and we do. So we're here another hour. So you guys keep talking. Well, yeah, just keep talking. In addition, because we talk a lot, so that's that adds true. to it. All yeah. right, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just joking. Go All ahead. Right, so, so the first card all stars for both divisions were decided by uh, points and where you finished the season. So Christmas Tatar, Paige Pierce, Katrina Allen, and Owen Scoggins, who finished fourth from the game earlier, uh, all got. You know, uh, not only a buy in the tour championship, but also a, a clinch spot in the all stars. And that left everyone else, I believe, in the top 50 up to vote. Um, and your second card all stars will be Valerie Mandohano uh, and Missy Gannon uh, starting it off. They both had over 90% of the media votes and both had over 70% of the fan votes. Uh, by far the leaders in that, and not only being the fifth and sixth next points, uh, fifth and sixth place, so the next uh, people in the points. Uh, and then rounding it out, you have Evelina Salonen and Kat Mersch, who bolted super well in both votings. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, Evelina was one of the top. I think she was fourth overall, but did incredibly good in the points and also at uh, majors and tour championship. Uh, third card all-stars, you have Henna Blomroos, Holland Hanley, Sarah Hokum, and Ella Hansen. Um, Ella Hansen, I think, had the third most media votes. 86% of media voted her as an all-star. Um, had an incredible season. She was one of the people that we said could be in most improved. Um, and Sarah Hokum was, I think, well-deserving, but maybe was the one towards the edge. She only got 33% of media votes. Uh, she even got more fan votes being 41%. Um, but thanks to good pro tour finish and average finish at majors and tour championship, she made it in. Okay. Nick, does um, this satisfy the discure discussion or do we got more Evan? You, I heard you got more. Well, we got yeah. NPL. So let's touch that. And then we can, we can round it out. Cool. Uh, so again, Ricky, Paul, Calvin, and Gannon, they all got the locked um, second card. All-stars were Chris Dickerson, Simon Lazat, Matt Oram, and Isaac Robinson. Um, I think they were the four most uh, media voted for and mm -hmm. fan voted for, um, in addition to also points and the average finish. Um, then uh, third card All-Stars were Joel Freeman, Kyle Klein, Kevin Jones, and James Conrad. Um, kind of like Sarah Hokum, uh, Kevin Jones and James Conrad 
did a little bit worse in the media voting, but still had a lot of fan votes and yeah. clinched their spot still. Um, Joel Freeman was a little bit uh, surprising. I mean, he uh, he only got 18% of the fan votes, but he did good enough in the media voting and he was seventh in Disc Golf Pro Tour points. So he earned that spot, mm -hmm. uh, but you can kind of see how some people feel. But Corey Ellis was the first one out. He did super well. And I mean, it, it, if you look at the total numbers, it's almost like there was nine people deserving to be second and third card all-stars. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's only eight. So he just barely missed out. He had 58% of the media votes, did did incredible. Unfortunately, his majors and tour championship um, were just not good enough to squeeze into that last spot. Um, again, it stinks. It, it, you, you wish there could be nine because it's like, who do you knock out to get him in? Um, but that's what it is sometimes. Dang. Do we know everything uh all star related for next year is it happening in tucson again is it in february you know, all that in um, february i think it's back at the same spot i just saw them actually post about it i think or okay. they sent an email out about it in a press release today let me see let me see yeah and if so that's a fantastic spot it actually seemed like a really cool spot last year i'm curious to see it's you know it's obviously it's improved from two years ago and hopefully it'll improve from last year. I actually I did enjoy watching the All Star stuff last year. Um, I'm trying to see here. I'm doing a quick scroll. They sent out a huge press release today, did, so I don't see it. But it's Paul and Ricky didn't even go to the All Star event, did they last year? Like, wasn't that when no. Ricky switched sponsorships and said he wanted to train more? And then Paul Paul had the you know, kind of seemed like he had a family vacation already planned yes, and that's kind of what late it was. noticed, decided yep. not to go. Yep. It says, it just simply says, um, we are poised to tackle the largest ever season starting with February's All-Star Weekend. That's all it says. So all right, there we go. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get more info on it, mm -hmm. on their form stru structure and all that stuff. So yeah, and All-Stars in 2021, I mean, with COVID was a kind of a little bit it was just kind of a little bit late and kind of undecided where it was in 2022. It seemed like they got a really good spot and a lot better idea having it be in the Southwest. So that way it was a shorter trip to Vegas. Yeah. Um, I think they'll probably stick with that idea would be my guess. Uh, and I think that's a lot better. The players can kind of know what to expect this year. And it was a fantastic event. I mean, they stayed in a, a great resort in that course. It just looked like an all-star event. It, it seemed like they kind of found what they're going for. Yeah. Um, so I think players will be able to adapt to that. Agreed. I'm over here laughing. <laughs> this is the show that never ends, but ben, Ben's over here in the chat going, let's vote for like, who's the favorite chat people in the chat. Like, so he just puts the names chatter. of like six people in the chat and people are voting for who their favorite is. So it's kind of funny. People are like trying to buy votes. I'll make you cookies. I'll give free swag. Like it's pretty crazy. So if you don't join the Nick and Matt show live, like, the chat is a totally different way to interact oh, with the show. Ken Chapman's winning. We had Ken should be winning. We had somebody in here tonight. Whoa, Nick has favorites. Um, say this, and I'll just shout it out, and we'll close it up. I love the Nick and Matt show. Very interactive. I feel like part of the show. Keep up the great work. So whatever that means to you, we're glad that you're able to experience Wait, that, that. That's a part of my. I guess that's a, a role of mine. It is. Uh, you hold it down in the show chat. experience. Whoa. We need to hire you. You move up. We'll hire another. Hire another intern. Show experience. Yeah. All right, Nick, we uh, made ben, it. Ben will always be intern Ben. Well, we made it. That was our Discare discussion for the night. Discare just dropped a bunch of new stuff on DiscareDG.com. Go ahead, check it out. Use code Nick and Matt at checkout for 10% off. Got some really, really cool hoodies for the winter season. And if you're somewhere where you don't really need a hoodie, I'm jealous of you because in Tennessee right now, 
It was like 39 degrees today, so it sucked. Um, are we at the end of the show? Are we yeah. calling it? Holy smokes, All right. dude. Everybody, Two thank you for tuning in. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah, everyone, thank you for tuning in tonight. Two awesome <laughs> guests tonight being Nico Castro and Paul McBeth, the old world and the new world champion. Um, <laughs> Let's go. So. Don't forget to like and, us and all. And those yep. who know will know. And the future world champion. Do you ever see Nico change his, his PDGA name? Did you ever see that? Nico, oh. future world champion, Locastro. It yeah. was his official yeah, PDGA yeah. name. So there you go. Nice. Yep. New, yep. old, and the future. New, old, future. We got it all covered here <laughs> on the Nick and Matt Show. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on the YouTube channel. Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. Leave reviews, five stars, four stars, preferably five stars. Do your thing. Guys, we'll see you next week. Tell someone you love them. Catch you in the next one. Ben, you're awesome. Nick, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. And Kent wins in the chat poll for this week. We'll do another one. See you all out there. Peace out, everybody. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.